Hey, everybody. So in this episode of the H2O cast, we sit down with Bull. Bull's an old school guy. Bull's a great dude. Um, him and his whole family are fucking awesome. He's the kind of guy that you just want to listen to all day, every day. He's not quite that grandpa, but he's definitely like that really cool uncle that you always want to hang out with when you're a kid. So, Fallon, what did you think about this episode with Bull? I always think it is interesting to hear people's stories um, because everyone comes from a different place different issues they had when they were kids, um, things that they dealt with that you may not think about. And you never know how that's going to touch someone else who's dealing with those same things. Um, so anytime someone who is famous in any kind of way can share that, I think it is a great thing. Um, and I really enjoyed hearing about like how he met this random old guy in a gym <laughs> And how suddenly it became, you know, he became his trainer and he went on to do all these awesome, great things just out of the blue. So I enjoyed listening to it. It was really interesting, very down to earth um, language, but it was good. Language. Well, see, the a great thing about doing the H2O cast is I really don't have to give a fuck about language. You don't. Um, I just do when I'm listening to it when my child can hear. So true. I try to be careful. Anytime that you're you're playing one of our episodes, you definitely want to like check for that. Um, there's another one that comes up here a little bit later that uh, you know we'll talk about where I do try to censor myself, um, but I'm pretty sure you hated that podcast. So we'll we'll get into that later. But as of now, let's sit down with our buddy Bull and learn about his life. All right, and we're live, and we're sitting here with with Bull, aka Chris Griffin, which I don't think anybody knows him as Chris Griffin unless it's like from work. Everybody knows you as Bull. True, that's true. I, I mean, pretty much my mom's the only one that still calls me Chris. I'm, I'm kind of surprised she doesn't call you Bull because <laughs> everybody else does. So, in going with that, as we sit here with the the legend, the myth, the man, um, where does Bull come from? What? How did that? How did that happen? Where? How did that transpire? Uh, somebody calling me Bull. Uh, actually, Jesse Rogers from the SPF. Um, one of my first meets, golly, some, you know, a long time ago. Jesse was um, announcing, and I had a trainer at the time called Tank, and I went up and went to lift. And when I went to lift, uh, I guess it was my second or third meet, and I'd been been competing with the SPF and. Um, Jesse was on the mic and uh, he said y'all watch this boy lift he's strong like bull and I didn't hear it and then when I came came back after the deadlift um, my coach looked at me and said did you hear what Jesse said and I said no and he told me and I said oh that's funny and he said no man that ain't funny at your name and so when I came back into the gym on Monday Everybody, um, you know, was like, "Hey, Chris, how'd your how'd your meet go? Did you have fun? Did you do thing?" And Tank looked at him and said, "No, uh huh, that ain't that ain't that ain't Chris. That's Bull." And it just stuck. Every time somebody called me Chris, he would correct them and say his name's Bull. And that was it. It's been there ever since, over twenty years now. Wow, it's it's weird to see how a nickname will just you know kind of carry with you. But you are the epitome of that. You know, when anybody mentions Bull in the strength world anywhere, 
you know, we, we all know exactly who they're talking about. <laughs> there is nobody else. I mean, there's other guys that are just as strong and, and you know, cool people, but there's only one bull. <laughs> a lot, lot of people stronger. A lot of people stronger. I'm an old man now. Maybe now, but <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think you, you put up those historical records um, and, you, and you look at it as a whole, as a, as a whole person. And that, that's why we're here. You know, that's what this podcast is all about. It's be good or be good at it. And you either have a natural talent or you have to work for it. And, you know, there's everybody on one side or the other. And sometimes you can have a natural talent and be really good at what you do. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of where you fall in because you're naturally a great guy and you work really hard to be better. Well, I, you know, when I got started in lifting, I mean, I I started like in high school, of course, you know, everybody, you know, lifts when they play football and everything else. And then I come up at, you know, a good time for for lifting around here. Um, you know, most guys back then were geared, you know, everybody lifted gear. It was kind of weird to be raw back in the day when I first started. And, um, you know, but I came up and started lifting. When, my first gym membership was when I was 13. And uh, it was funny because my dad went, and it was a gym called Cosmopolitan in Rivergate. And dad bought me a bought me a lifetime membership. And, you know, I mean, they were selling lifetime memberships for like $100, you know, back in, you know. Dear God. Well, was, you know. Why can't they do that shit now? Yeah, I know. It was like that, that must late, be why that gym's not there anymore. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, well, actually, that's the funny part of the story is um, I went in and I worked out for two weeks and they closed the gym. <laughs> so dad you know we we didn't have a lot of money and so it was um i had to i had a job and i went and i started working out at a gym called american fitness back in the day and it was just a, a big metal box but back then it was amazing it had everything it had a bar in it i mean they had pool tables um you know at a smoothie bar that served beer and then um, they had like racquetball courts and swimming pool and steam room and everything. It was the baddest gym around. And and there were some really good lifters who lifted there. And for years, that's where I did it. And then um, I ended up, uh, you know, sticking around, going through high school, getting out of high school. And then when I got out of high school, I went in there one day and, you know, I had like I don't know, like a 365 bench. And I thought that I was the baddest man on the planet. And I mean, and, but it was one of those that it wasn't, it wasn't nothing clean about it. I didn't know anything about powerlifting. And, um, I went in and, um, I got under the bar and all my buddies were there and, you know, we're all slapping each other and trying to get each other all hyped up and everything. And I come down and, you know, touch and go, I mean, bounced it off my chest, you know, dropped it, slammed it, you know, tried to get it up as quick as I could. And I mean, it was ugly too, like, you know, butt off the pad, you know, one arm, one arm completely straight, the other one still fighting it. And um, got up, benched it, put it in the rack. And I got up and everybody's telling me how awesome I am and everything because nobody knew anything about what we were doing. And there was this old man that was getting in the squat rack. And um, he he never looked at me. And that was that was the one thing that, that that kind of, you know, that, that I always remember, I always tell when I tell the story, that's always what I say. You know, he never looked at me. He was looking at the bar straight ahead. And he had his fingers on the bar and he was gripping and he was, he was measuring like, you know, like finger to ring, finger to ring. And, you know, and I seen him like adjust his hands and he turned around and, and, um, he just, he just spoke up and, um, he said, boy, you'd be hell if you knew how to lift. And, you know, me at a, 18 year old cocky self said, 
I just benched 365. He said, that's supposed to impress me, boy. Come see me when you want to learn how to lift. And he pulled himself underneath the bar and stood up and he squatted and he went back over. And I went over to my cousin and I told my cousin, I said, you believe what that old man just said to me? <laughs> and, and, you know, and uh, he said, he said, what? And I told him what happened. And he goes, well, that's Tank. And he said, he offered to teach you how to lift. And I said, yeah. He said to holler at him when I wanted to learn how to do it. And he said, humble yourself and walk back over there. He says one of the strongest men you ever meet. And so I went back up and the next few years, that was, you know, I mean, several years, that was, that was my guy. He taught me everything I knew. He brought me into powerlifting and showed me, you know, how to lift, what was right, form. And he was a form Nazi. I mean, if I did anything wrong, it didn't count. And so, I mean, even in reps, it'd be like, he'd be like, your seventh set didn't hit depth. You owe me another one. And so we hammered home form way before we got strong. You know, because I, I wasn't strong for a long time. <laughs> that, that came much later. None of us ever really are. No, no, no. We think we are. Yeah, you think you are till you show up at a meet. And that was one of the best things that he ever told me. He said, it's one thing to be the baddest man at your gym. But you got to understand, when you go to that meet, everybody there is the baddest man at their gym. And he said, that's when you find out. And I got humbled a lot, you know, went in and just sucked. I mean, for a long time. Um, I remember when, you know, I thought, you know, a 455 deadlift was good. And, you know, and I, I was like, you know, and, you know, I mean, depending on your weight, it is. But, you know, when you're a, but when you're coming in a 260-pound guy, you know, that's, you, you, you're, not, you're not impressing anybody. That's, that's barely an elite women's lifter. Yes, I know. You're like, you know, settle Any, down. Anybody there. over 148, I mean, they're, they're repping out 455 now. True, so. but, I mean, when you go to a gym where, like, if you threw on that fourth plate, people were, like, you know, standing around. And, um, you know, and that's one thing now about the difference between when we trained or, and when we came up, you know, a lot of people say, like, you know, video or it didn't happen. Like, dude, we had to bring in, you know, a camera that you rested on your shoulder and then bring it to a tripod to be able to make a video. And does anybody have a VHS? You know, <laughs> I think there's some antique stories. Yeah, I know you can say, you can say what I mean. That, but you got to spend a grand to find one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, cell phones have made everything so much better because, you know, having like the opportunity to critique your lifts, to go in and to like be able to, um, you know, come back right after the lift and check your form and what we do wrong, what we do, you know, it's, it's really helpful. I mean, you know, and uh, I wish we'd have had that in a lot of the training and plus just nostalgia. I mean, you look back, I mean, we lost a lot of people over the years, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people passed away, a lot of people uh, quit lifting stuff. A lot of people moved. Um, I had a really great friend you know, a guy named Josh Manos is tremendous bencher. And, um, you know, he, me and him, we would go in together and we would sit there and talk before the lit, before we started working out. And then we'd put our headphones in and wouldn't speak to each other for the next two hours. We just use hand signals and, you know, and it was just, and, you know, and we knew exactly what it meant. I mean, thumbs up was a plate, you know, we thought two fingers, it meant a quarter or just, you know, throwing your hand out, you know, sideways was just to stay there and you know and literally that was all it was we just we never spoke but i mean that sucker he he put a nickel on just to beat me a bench you know 
Well, that, that's really what it's all about. Oh, of course. It's Made it fun. Competitive nature. Made it fun. Well, he was still trying to catch up after squat. <laughs> <laughs> There's the bull. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Because my, my next series of questions was going to be, hey, when did you make that transition from cocky, arrogant, 18-year-old kid who bench 365 the wrong way to the guy that you are more like now, which is the one who's willing to help anybody and everybody, always there for them, shirt off your back. I mean, you're, you might be hurting. You might be injured. And I'm not talking hurt. I'm talking injured. And you're still in there spotting for them. You're still in there trying to take care of them. You know, in the gym, every day that I see you that you're there, it's like, well, shouldn't you be at home, like, resting that, that injury you're nursing? Nah, nah, uh-uh. So when did that transition kind of happen from 18 to the magical age that you are now that we'll just call plus 30? <laughs> uh, somebody taught me who didn't have to. And, you know, and that's the that was the biggest thing. He had nothing invested in me. And there was no money exchange. There was never any... Um, uh, he didn't get any accolades from it. It cost him more money than it, than it did. And, you know, and plus, you know, my dad was sick when I grew up. Dad got multiple sclerosis when I was, you know, like six. So I never had, I never had a dad to like throw football with or, you know, or to do anything because, you know, dad, dad couldn't take steps, you know, dad couldn't even walk. And so, you know, when I come into the gym, you know, people always, you know, hey, bull, how's your day? Oh, man, it's a great day. We get to lift weights today. And, you know, because I looked at it like, you know, my dad was a huge supporter. and But he would give anything to come in there and lift with me once. And he couldn't. And so, you know, I treated lifting weights like a gift. And, you know, and once you, once you start realizing that, okay, I'm never – you know, unless you're Dave Hoff, you know, or, you know, some of the, you know, if you're a bencher like, you know, Julius or, you know, some of these guys or, you know, a strong man like Martins, you know, I mean, you're not, you're never going to be the best. You're going to be the best you can be. And that's what you got to focus on, you know. And once you realize that, you know, it doesn't make you weaker to make somebody else stronger, you know, and that's, and that's the, that's what I always learned. I mean, if, if I can help somebody, come in and, and be the best that they can. And sometimes, you know, some of the guys, some of the, they'll even remark, you know, I'm going to beat you. I'm like, and I'm going to help you. You know, I mean, it's like I, that you don't understand. The difference is, is, you know, I got, I checked my ego. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I got an ego. But I mean, <laughs> I, let's, let's get it, it rode in the back seat. Yeah, the way over no the doubt, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's, you know, I mean, it's, but there's a difference between being funny and being serious because, I mean, I'll play a lot and I'll talk like I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, but everybody knows I'm joking. I mean, because if I can come in and I can take a 365 bencher and turn him into a 530 competition bench like I was, like I got taught, then, you know, to me that's a victory. That's a win. That's where the that's where the real thing is. When you see the pride of, you know, I've been on a platform. I've been on big stages. I've competed where – people would love to be you know I've, I've, I've been really blessed to to do a lot and to hang around with a lot of strong people and stuff and just see it but when you can get somebody else there and you know and you watch them like I took Michael Holt to Worlds back in like 2016 and he was an 18 year old kid that weighed 148 pounds that was setting all-time world records you know and stuff and he was he was just fantastic lifter and, and a great 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 kid you know i mean we started lifting when he was 14 and he weighed 97 pounds 
And so. Lord. I remember 97 pounds. Kindergarten was did, 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 Yeah, no doubt. When they cut off one leg, that was it. Yeah, that was still in kindergarten. That's what I <laughs> So Yeah, so, I mean, but seeing his eyes light up and seeing, uh, you know, and being a part of it and just, just helping. And then, you know, along the along the way, we've had, you know, a lot of great, great people come in from, you know, a lot. We train, you know, we coach women, we coach men. We, you know, we worked with everybody and everybody that we can you know, we just try to make them better. And, you know, and the first thing we tell them is, you know, number one, well, just to be honest, I mean, check your ego at the door and, you know, get a condom for your heart because we're going to fuck your feelings. You know, I mean, we're here to make you stronger. We're not here to, oh, to wait, baby you. Wait a minute. Get a condom for your heart because we're going to fuck your feelings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That needs to be written down somewhere. <laughs> And that needs to be on a T-shirt. I'm here to tell you right now, that is a gold gold statement right there. Get a condom for your heart, because we're going to fuck your feelings. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I can't get past that right now. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, <laughs> damn. Well, it's just, you know, it's the truth. I mean, if you go through worried about, you know, hurting somebody's feelings by telling them that they're doing something wrong, we're, you're in the wrong place. You know, you got you're going to toughen up. I think we're going to have to market heart condoms. <laughs> I think we're going to need to put those out there. We've got to do it. I mean, we can use Ziploc. We can use whatever, but we need some fucking heart condoms. Something's going to have to work, huh? Because these snowflakes that we've got right now, um, we've got such a societal change. And, you know, I see these younger kids coming in, these, these newer lifters. They've got such a different mentality than we did coming up. They want the same things that we do. But the way to get there, they take a completely different road. Oh, social media, thank you. Oh, fuck social media. And the thing is, we're here now working off of a social media platform to try to get the same. We all want the same things. And yet, the way that we go about it, being so fucking delicate, if I say fuck, somebody might get like super pissed. If I say the word cunt, I'm going to get hate mail. Oh, guaranteed. You just got two, I, I, two people just quit right now. Yeah, they just, they just turned it off. Yeah, yeah they, they just turned the podcast they're, they're off nuts. right now. <laughs> And the thing is, it's, it's, it's not meant to be malicious. It's just words. It's just a way to communicate to get somebody to think about something a little bit differently. Sure. That's all any of us are trying to do. So, like, when you're up on the platform and you're yelling at somebody to do something, if they take offense to it, then they're not going to lift right. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem because back in the day, it didn't matter what anybody said to you. You needed to be in your zone. You needed to be in your lane and not giving a shit what the next guy is doing. No. no. Because it doesn't matter what they do. I see so many people like they come through Strongman, they come up and they're like, "Well, I've got to know who I'm going against." Like it doesn't fucking matter. This is your first show. You know what matters is you go up there, you don't zero anything, you set some fucking PRs. <laughs> definitely. Because if you're able to set five PRs in one day on five different events, you never do that shit in the gym. Yeah. That should be the biggest rush in the world. And when you're out there, you're gonna meet a bunch of new family. You're not gonna get a bunch of guys that hate you. They're not gonna go up there going, oh, "I hope you." breaks his ankle or fuck I hope he falls down no no that's bodybuilding yeah that's those guys that push each other off stage yeah. we don't do that shit so with powerlifting I'm a strong man and all the other you know big strength sports nobody wants that bad shit to happen no on a football field you're like you know what I hope he breaks his leg oh definitely definitely if Tom I, Brady I'm gonna break his leg, his leg yeah yeah if Tom Brady could break his leg I'd be happy motherfucker <laughs> I'm here to tell you but that's not in our sport no. It's not no. who we are. And it's all, you know, we're all competing against everybody, but we're with all of them. You know, I was down at Worlds last week, 
And one of the guys came in and they lost his baggage. He had like a size 15 fucking shoe. Nobody else had one of those. Sure. So Rogue overnighted him shoes. Oh, that's awesome. That, as a multi-million dollar company, you're like, oh, well, that's cool. But all of his other gear came from all the other lifters. Yeah. They let him borrow stuff. And he made the finals. Like, he wasn't just a scrub. He's a guy who was there. Yeah. Making that shit happen. You'll, you, everybody will get to see it when, you know, Worlds comes out. I can't release too much information and all that bullshit. Um, <laughs> gayest thing in the world. But they are going to release it this year, June 30th. Um, for the first time on CBS Sports Network. We don't have to wait for Christmas this time. That's great. That's, That's great. That's great. That's definitely good. I hate being in prep for next year already. When, <laughs> when I know last year comes yeah, out. Last you know. um, but just that, that camaraderie and that, that lifestyle, you embody that. Uh, All day, every day. Even you on a bad day is better than the rest of us on a good one. Because um, you, you, never, you never tell guys, no. You're always there for them. You know, they call you up even on a, on a blood draw day. I've seen you at the gym on a blood draw day. You shouldn't fucking be there. But you know what? You're there. You look like a zombie. And you're still helping. You're still helping change weight. You're still helping move around. You're spotting. And you shouldn't be. But you're there. Well, people, you know, this is, this is an individual sport. You know, I mean, to go back, what you need to do just... For future reference, the next time somebody comes up to the table and asks you, you know, who am I going against today? What you need to do is you need to carry one of them little uh, compact mirrors in your pocket and just hold it up and turn around and look at them and be like, you know, hey, that, that's your real competition today. Don't worry about the rest of these guys. But as far as like showing up and being there, this is an individual sport and the fact that, you know, you're the only one that's got to push the weight. But, you know, when I get up to a squat, and you know, and I got great guys that I love, you know, that I that I trust beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know. But it's kind of like having your best girl, you know. I mean, you all, it, when when like Big Frank Phillips, you know, your favorite powerlifter and mine, you know, uh, <laughs> when uh, when uh, when you know when he's behind me, I know that you know that you might you might go to a meet and let's just you know, throw out, you know, somebody like, you know, Shane Hammock might be behind you or something, you know, and, you know, let's say he's spotting, you know, so you, so you got a 1200 pound squatter behind you or, you know, but I know 100% that, you know, when big Frank's behind me, that he'll pull that bar off my back and let it crush his chest before he'll let me get hurt. And, you know, and, you know, and I got other guys, you know, I, I, my whole team really will step up and every one of them, and I trust them to get behind me and stuff but when when somebody's in prep and they're getting ready having the one person that that you know is going to be there is is important and i care more about their meat than they do so you know so if i gotta suck it up and you know show up on a day that i don't feel good just so i can help somebody else you know be in their comfort zone and make them better yeah man let's let's do it that's what this is about i mean if you can't if you can't help somebody else and you can't be there for them, how can you ever expect them to turn around and be there for you? <laughs> ah. So that's the that's the beauty of it. It's just a great it's just a great great sport, great to be around. We didn't we didn't have that much support like like we do now when I came up. I mean, I come up in corporate gyms and stuff and you know, there just wasn't a lot in the area you know, to uh, places to go and places to train. And then 
Plus, you know, I mean, we ain't getting paid for this, you know. I mean, so you're having to work and then get off work. And then when you have kids, you're juggling kids. I mean, I remember I remember going home and picking up the kids from the sitter, sitting there for an hour and a half and, you know, and just, you know, shoveling in food, changing diapers, and, and then loading the kids up in the car and going down and meeting Shorty at a church that was a mile from the gym. And she'd come in, she'd put the kids in the car, She'd go home, she'd feed them. I'd go work out. And then after my workout, she would be pulled into the parking lot, put the kids back in the car. She'd go in and work out, and I'd bring them home and do baths and stuff and put them down for bed. You know, I mean, just trying to get it in and make it work. And I've been, you know, I've just been blessed with people who've helped, but I never had what we got now. You know, I never had, never had a team, never had, um, I never had that camaraderie. And a lot of, a lot of people did. I mean, you know, we're not inventing the wheel here. I mean, there's been teams around for, you know, 30 years, 30, 40 years that, that I know of, you know, that are still still going to this day. But we, um, but I, I wasn't fortunate enough to have that. And so now I see these guys, I mean, you, you're talking about, like, when we deadlifted, if we used chalk, we had to mop the floors in the gym right after we finished. And there was no deadlift bars, you know. Everything was straight bars and just – we had to buy our own stuff and put it in closets and lock it up and, and, you know, and only use it on the days that we did, or we bring our stuff in. And now these gyms that cater, you know, to, to lifters or, you know, or give them a place to lift is, is really, a, you know, a dream come true. And I, you know, I tell the guys all the time, how lucky, how lucky we are, you know, to have it. Cause some places still won't do it. I mean, I had a buddy of mine get kicked out of the golds for using chalk. I'm like, dude, your freaking uh, mascot is a guy pulling a deadlift. I guarantee you had chalk on his hands. <laughs> Absolutely. So to caveat on that, you provide one of those places for all the lifters around. And just so that you know, people can kind of put this into perspective, we're in White House, Tennessee, which is probably a lot of you have no idea where the hell that is. <laughs> it's about 30 minutes north of Nashville. Um, quaint little town. Don't fucking speed here. I swear to God, they'll get you for one mile over. Uh, I may or may not have spent uh, most of the night in jail because somebody was speeding in this town. Was it me? I was just a passenger and I was a teenager at the time. Um, we'll get into that story later. Uh, uh, that's what I want to hear. But uh, no, White House has been historic for they do not fuck around. So not a ton of people here. What's the, what's the population here in White House? 8,000. 8,000 people. Now, to caveat that, you have, it's essentially a, a hybrid gym. It's a commercial gym up front. Yes. That has a bunch of really cool areas as you go back until you finish up in the hole. And the hole is where all the demons live, um, <laughs> all the scary people, um, but all the nicest people in the world hang out in that one spot. True. So with that, how many members do you guys have at Just Be Fit? Uh, right around 4,000. 4,000 people out of a population of 9,000. That is absolutely positively unheard of in any town, in any market, anywhere at all. Those kind of numbers come from towns that have 100,000 people, 200,000 people, a million people, not out of 9,000. So it tells me we've got a lot of people that travel to this gym for a reason. And that reason really and truly is, I feel, it's not the way it's built, it's not the layout, it's not the rooms. Um, it's not <clears throat> any of the accoutrement of the gym because you could find all those things anywhere. 
I'm sure. And it's not pretty. I mean, you know. it, and it doesn't have to be, but what it is, it's you and Shorty. It's you guys providing an environment that is conducive with what everybody really needs. And, you know, there's all these places that are workouts, workout this time, that time, 24-7 this, 24-7 that, judgment-free zone. <laughs> um, and there's all these other gyms out there that are trying to do what you guys have mastered without even trying. You just went in there, and it was bull, and it was shorty, and the people came. We were really, really, really blessed. I mean, it, it, it's... The, a gym is only a building, man. I mean, it's the people in it, and you know. And I tell people we got great members, and you know, and we kind of use a line a lot. You know, we tell people when they're first signing up, I'm like, look, we got awesome members, and if they're not, you come tell me, and I'll make them awesome. You know, <laughs> they're not gonna put up with no with no jerks or anything in there because it's it's just coming up in corporate gyms, coming up without having all of this stuff. You know we're gym owners who bought a gym and you know and so we i mean we're gym owners we're gym we're gym people who bought a gym and you know and so when we we started when we started you know took over the place we decided that we were going to make it like we always wanted everything that we needed so you know we we brought in supplements but we're not a supplement shop i mean you can run down the street and get them but what we did is we're like we went to our members and said what do you use and, you know, and so it's like, we use this. Okay, well, I can get it a little cheaper than you can. I'll bring it in. I make money off the gym, not supplements, you know, but we brought it in to, to do supplement stuff just so people could have it out of convenience. Like, you show up, you forget a drink. Oh, well, hey, you know, you got it. You know, or you can buy your pre-workout there. And then childcare, you know, we were like, because, again, that swapping of the cars with the things because we weren't, our gym didn't offer childcare where we were training at. And, so we, we wanted to put in a childcare area. And then, you know, like sometimes your kids, they want to see you, you know, when you're in the gym, they get upset. Well, you know, bring your kid over there, set him down in the corner, let him, let him sit there and watch you lift. He's not hurting nothing, you know? And uh, then, you know, we wanted it to cater to people who were just in there to get fit and work out because I mean, you know, you're not going to get rich off powerlifting. You know, no, you're not going to go broke fast. Yeah. I mean, powerlifting and strong man, you're just, you're not going to bring in the people. So it's your, it's your cardios. It's your people's, you know, just trying to stay healthy. So you got to give them an environment. And, and one thing we do is we try to get behind everybody. Like we got a guy right now come in and just renewed for six months. And, um, he told me, he's like, man, this place changed my life. And I'm like, and he showed me pictures and he's on 75 pounds in six months yes and you know and it's, yeah it's just it's like you, you're proud of them and you just so you know so then you get we put them on social media too just like you know our 900 squatter you know i mean we 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 try to get behind everybody i mean we got we're blessed to have like you know physique guys bikini guys but then we just got, we got an 80-year-old man that comes in every day and rides the recumbent bike for 20 minutes with an oxygen tank. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we, and, you know, and, and we gave, we gave, we give him just as much praise as we give everybody else because it's awesome. You know, I'm proud of him. And just staying active. And then when we brought in the strength stuff, we went to the back and I was telling, telling the people, I was like, look, I want a place where you can come in, you can, you know. You can LeBron the chalk. I mean, you can plug your head. I mean, plug your phone up to the radio and listen to whatever you want to. You can yell. You can you know slap each other. You can do everything. Cuss and 
but you know I don't want it to offend the people up front. So we were putting them. So we built a room onto the back of the gym for that. And then um, one of the guys that I was telling, you know, he'd been in prison, and he was like, "Oh, so basically you're putting us in the hole." And I was like, "Dude, you just named it." <laughs> and you know, and that's so that's what we did. Um, so we just walled it off where you can you know come in there and we got you know monoliths competition benches you know all the bars you need we got chains stones calibrated kilos deadlift platforms bands you know everything that that we always dreamed of having at a gym and never had access to and we got it now and um it's it's fun you know i love you know sundays at the gym when the whole team would get together and people would come down and just visit and Everybody's in there just, you know, supporting, yelling, and it's hot in the summer. It's cold in the winter, and it's miserable, but it's... Yeah, there's no heat or AC back there. No, no, no. Um, if you want to get warm in the wintertime, just lift more. And if you want to cool off in the summertime, fuck you. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Because, uh, you know, you're just going to be hot. We got a fan. Yeah, there's a fan in there that'll blow other people's sweat on you. Yes, but... Um, that's happened to me. Somebody stood in front of it, and I was a few feet away, and... I started getting this spray, and I look over, and I go, oh, that's not what I wanted. Not at all. <laughs> but it was a mist, and there yeah. you go. You and I be... was a little bit thankful, because it yes. was a little bit cooler. It was a little cooler. Than the yeah. shit I was dripping, so <laughs> it worked out. Um, so let's let's talk about Shorty a little bit. Okay. Um, Shorty's been with you since the very beginning, before yeah. the beginning. Yes. I mean, she's been around forever, and it's weird, because she's only 29. I mean, that's fantastic. Um but how did how did you guys meet? And we, how did it how did it come up that you know you found the fucking perfect lady for you at such a young age? Uh, just high school. We met in high school and um, just got together and you know and over the years, I mean, we've been through a lot. You know, uh, she's she's always she's always been very 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 supportive and helpful and good, and she's. You know, she's a badass lady. She's very strong. And, you know, and I mean, there's times over the years we've absolutely hated each other. And, you know, <laughs> but somehow we've, we've made it work. And uh, we've, uh, you know, there there wouldn't be any of this without it, you know, without that dynamic. Absolutely. She, I mean, she's she's the other half of the team. Guaranteed. Um, and I, don't, I really don't think that she gets the credit uh, that she deserves because she's so humble all the time. She stands off to the side and she just smiles. Always smiling, always in a good mood. But you know that if she stepped back onto the platform at any time, she would just wreck people. Well, you know, she 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 trained for six weeks for, you know, SPF Nationals and won it a few years ago. You know, I mean, she, she she's, she's always been a very powerful, powerful woman. She just, she doesn't, you know, she don't, she don't love competing like, like we do. You know, I mean, she'll do it. She ain't scared, you know, but, um, it's just, it's, it's, she has, she has more fun just working out and, you know, and, and not, not focusing on the, on the competition stuff, but, uh, but Hey, she'll jump in there. She'll spot, she'll load plates and her form is perfect. So, you know, I mean, I, I used to tell people when we first bought the, bought the gym, it was like, you know, if, if for some reason nobody's here and you need a spot, go back and get shorty and they would kind of laugh and be like, yeah, I'm like, they don't laugh too much. She out squat you by, you know, 60 pounds. <laughs> you know, it's like. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, she does. She, she, she does run Just Be Fit. She is, she is the gym. I mean, really, I'm, I, you know, I show up, I walk around, I tell jokes and, you know, and, and help and slap people and 
lift and clean bathrooms. <laughs> but you know, but she is there. She uh, she runs everything. She does it all. She's does the inventory. She uh, she teaches class. She you know cleans the gym every day. She fixes the batting cages. I mean, you know, changes light bulbs. I mean, air filters. I mean, because you know, I mean, I still work a real job too. And you know, but she's she's there every day. You know, ten hours a day, constantly. Yeah, yeah. She she is. And, you know, she's real. She's been real great in the community too. You know, she goes out and she she gets behind the things that you know small towns should, which is each other. And you know, and that's she she does a great job. Absolutely, because you guys are, are members in pretty much everything in the community. Right? Yes, yes. Well, she is. Uh, yeah. She is. Um, I am. I, you know, I do some of it, but I I can't be there during the days and stuff. But you know, she she is on top of every committee and. A club or something that you can join or you know to try to make a difference and they do I mean they really do good things I mean it's not just a show she actually cares right so well I mean she, she comes across always as very genuine um, always truly helpful in everything she does she ain't afraid to tell you what she thinks either and that makes a difference the good news is I've never pissed her off it's smart so yeah. I figured that was a good way to go and yes. I'm going to try to keep that record going as long as possible yes um, the more I'm around the less likely it's going to happen but I'm going to try <laughs> to not piss her off. Because um, it's not that she's scary. Just, you know, like that could be bad. It, you know, there, there, and, and it can be. You know, there's there's always a, there's all, you know, it's kind of like that Clint Eastwood movie. is like, you ever, you know, in life, you ever run across that one person you realize you shouldn't have fucked with? I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah that's her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, she's put up with you for, we'll, we'll call 25 it. Years. Yeah. 25 years. 25 years. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. That's longer than I knew how to spell gym. Yeah, but I have shirts that old now, you know. So. That's awesome. You've still got those. Still around. wear, yeah. <clears throat> Most of mine have uh, kind of went by the wayside um, because I get a, a shirt at every contest I go to. I just start making quilts. Oh, that I, now that would be. That yeah. would just be I just have the one closet at home, so that's not working mm. out for me. So I had to build like an addition just for t-shirts because mm. uh, all I wear is fucking cool ass t-shirts. I understand. I understand. Speaking of which, the one I'm wearing right now oh, hey. happens to be a bull strong t-shirt. That's a perfect segue. Yeah. That's what. That's kind of what I, I was oh, liking. Good job. So you started an apparel company. Yes. Um, kind of on a whim. Yes. What? What? Did somebody like just say, "I dare you to make t-shirts"? No. Um, Shorty got on to me for spending so much money on powerlifting. Um. <laughs> After 25 years. <laughs> well, I mean, look, here's the truth. This is what we don't talk about about Bullstrong. If if there is there was a lot, you know, I've I've been poor my whole life. And, you know, still am. I'm the poorest man in Sumner County. But um, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. <laughs> I think you're one of the richest guys I know. Well, in friendships. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but um, but money, you know, I never had it. And there was a lot of things that I had opportunities to do when I was strong, when I was younger, um, to travel to some of these bigger meets or to, you know, compete on a bigger stage. But um, how, how are you able to monetize that? Because, I mean, I know a lot of lifters today, they look at it and they go, well, I don't have enough money to do that. If I could just sit at home, train and eat and just do that all the time, you know, I, I could probably accomplish that shit too, which is completely bullshit. True. Um, so how are you able to balance the... Working because you're an electrical engineer, right? Mm -hmm. How are you able to balance that, which is a very demanding job, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and all aspects of it, 
How are you able to balance that with the lifting and the money? Uh, I, I gave up a lot of lifting. And, you know, and that was, that was, that was what I was, you know, headed towards. Is I, I couldn't, there was things that I couldn't do because I couldn't afford to go. And so when we started the gym, there was people there that wanted to compete in not just powerlifting, but, you know, Spartan races and, um, you know, bodybuilding shows and stuff like that. And some of the people, they were, they were struggling financially and, you know, and we were too. So we just decided that we'd start helping. So anybody who came to us that, you know, that just kind of let us know, Hey, look, I, I wanted to do this or, you know, something we would sponsor them and, you know, and it, we can't, you know, obviously you can't do it for, for everybody because a lot of, but a lot of people have the means to do it. And so the ones that didn't, we just started taking care of. And then, you know, some of the guys on the team or, you know, or, you know, the people or some of the people that just worked out with us wanted to travel to some of these meets, they, but they couldn't afford to go, you know, we, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just, we'll buy a couple extra hotel rooms and then, you know, y'all two just room up and y'all and we'll and we'll cover it and we'll go and uh, and we started doing that and we started so you know you'd buy a room here you'd buy an entry fee you know you'd you'd give somebody some money for wraps or a belt or you know stuff and and we just we tried to do that as much as we could and it you know at the end of the year we looked down and said whoa we spent a lot of money on on um, on lifting and strength related stuff last year and you know and it's not charitable you know so you you're not gonna you don't get the money back and you don't it was just it was costing us a ton and so shorty said either you're gonna have to stop giving away everything or you're gonna have to find a way to supplement it and so the obvious choice is we're gonna continue to give shit away yes we are and we're gonna make more money if we got a way to do it well well we we started bullstrong and Bullstrong goes into a different fund than than our money, and if somebody calls me and tells me that they're they're wanting to do something and they can't do it, we help them. And you know, and one thing that you know we don't have that on the website. We haven't. I, I've never told anybody outside of the people that help why we did it. But that's that's why we started Bullstrong. That's what that's what that T-shirt company is. It's not for profit. It is to it's for lifters to give them the opportunities that we never had. And that, that's a very important message to put out there. Um, I know you don't advertise it because you don't want the accolades for that. You just want to put out cool t-shirts and you yeah. want that to be what is seen. But you helping those lifters, I, it's hard for anybody else to imagine what that really does for them. Because when you can say, hey, I'm going to get you to that meet and you know, four of your friends are going to ride with us, then that means now they have six people there rooting for them in a meet that's out of state, that they feel alone, that they feel stranded. And I've been to many, many powerlifting meets and I've noticed one very common theme. Yes, everybody that likes each other, but nobody's fucking smiling. <laughs> Everybody's got resting bitch face. So they're really hard to approach in that, in that arena, except for you. You're always smiling, always in a good mood, hoping, carrying on and having a great time. But a lot of the other ones, a little bit hard to approach. So if somebody's going to their first meet and it's an out of state meet and they don't have anybody with them, that might turn them away from the sport. It absolutely could. So for you doing that for them, and you helped them out, and you got them a belt, or hey, they had to try some briefs, like you got those, and they got the trip, they got their entry fee. So they're out whatever money they had for food and everything else, and taking time off work. That might have created a lifelong powerlifter, 
a lifelong strength athlete versus, oh man, sorry, we can't help you. And then they just kind of drift off into nothing. Sure. They become one of those guys who are like, well, yeah, I was strong in high school. <laughs> we all know those fucking guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. We all hate those fucking guys. A lot of those. Um, but for you to do that and then to, you know, bring that message here on, on this, this platform means a lot. Because this is not... Be good or be good at it is not meant... I'm not here to make a fucking million dollars. It'd be great. Man, that'd be cool. Sure. I'd love to just travel around and do this shit all the time. It'd be great. <laughs> but what this is really for is just to, to tell stories. You know, when, when I go to contests, I don't necessarily look forward to the contest as much as like the dinner that's after. Everybody's <laughs> dead and everybody's so tired. All anybody really wants to do is go eat and go to bed because we're all just beat. So I try to make sure that I schedule things just the right way at the right amount of time so I can get 20 of my closest friends to go destroy one bar or one place or whatever <laughs> it is, fun. eat all the food, and we sit there and we tell stories. Just like we are now, that's about lifting the good old days, the nowadays. Because yeah. the good old day is now. Sure. And the best day of my life is today and tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's changed a lot here lately especially for me I've uh, yeah you, you people always tell you to look at life as a blessing and you know and and I tell I say it a lot you know with the guys right now that are in their prime and are coming up I'm like you know I tell them it's bask in this you know enjoy this because you know one of these days you're going to be the old guy in the back spotting you know <laughs> and so you know enjoy your time in the sun and then um, and and just live every day you know it sounds cliche and everything else but everybody you know that I know right now everybody knows I'm sick you know and I don't like to talk about it and I don't put it out there I'm not one of the social media people that, that that do that and I don't knock the people that do it's just not my thing and but you know I am sick and I, I do got I do got some some pretty bad health stuff going on but I'm not dead and you know and so Let's let's stop worrying about you know how long people got to go and everything else and just focus on living, and you know and people say that as a cliche and they say that all the time in your life and everything else, but then everybody says well you know hey we're all dying you are but when somebody tells you it's going to happen, you know it kind of changes you know it, it that then it actually becomes real, and so you gotta you gotta live every day like it is a gift because it truly is. I mean, me at 35 was unstoppable. Thought I could do anything. Thought it would last forever. You know, I was going to be strong and, and you know, and, and I never was going to be that old man and all that stuff. And, you know, you know, no, 10 years no. later, it broke all down, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's just, um, it, it, it does make a difference to, uh, to everyone about, um, about enjoying what time you got here and making it count because and you know as far as like the people in the back that won't talk to you and the jerks you know to me that that is there are that i mean there are a few but i mean it's few and far between uh i think i think it's come come a lot better i think a lot of people are good i think the people who are in their head more are the people who hadn't been doing it as long and you know i think the ones that you know because they're still thinking that they have to be angry. And, you know, there's a guy named Mike Beatty. Mike Beatty's a tremendous guy. Works out at Cell Block with Brent Tracy. And, you know, Brent Tracy's like the godfather around here. You know what I mean? Just a great guy. And, uh, you know, Mike Beatty told me 
one time we were sitting in the back and we were we were in Manchester and we were competing up there at SPF State Meet or something. And there was a dude in the back and he was like all he was grunting and he was shaking and he was walking around and everything else. Mike turned around and looked at me and he goes, You know what he's gonna do? I said, What? And he said, Gas on his third. And he turned around and he looked at the boy and he said, Hey, save it for the platform. You ain't gotta be mad back here. <laughs> and, and um that was that always stuck with me because you know I, he's right you know it's like just um when they say the bar is loaded that's when it's time for you to go to that place and you know but beforehand you know just be relaxed be calm save the energy it only counts on the platform right right i think the most energy i've ever seen you expend myself because i've seen the the videos from uh from relentless and you're doing amazing stuff up there with that we'll get into that in just a second um, but I think I saw more energy when I saw your daughter's first powerlifting meet. You were more excited than anybody else, I think, in the city of Nashville. <laughs> um, jumping around, just going off. You were more excited than she was. Um, and it was fantastic because you looked like a little kid again. Uh, dude, that's, you know, I've been lucky to do some cool things in this sport. And I would take. All of that, crumble it up and throw away and pretend it never happened to watch my little girl get up there again. You know, I mean, she's uh, she's awesome. And we never pushed her into it. You know, I mean, she came to me and she said, uh, one day she's just like, Daddy, will you coach me like you do the other guys? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, fighting them back. And because uh, watching her, one thing about this sport is um, it gives you a confidence that, you know, you really can do everything, you know. I mean, you see the memes and you see all that stuff out there that, you know, that says, um, you know, like squatting is a metaphor for life. You know, you just got to stand up. Well, I mean, but it's true. I mean, you know, if you think about it, I mean, you take something that um, that most people can't do and you believe in yourself enough to, to be able to do it. I mean, when I grew up, I was a kid and... Like when I was younger, like like fifth and sixth grade, you know, I was short, fat, redheaded with freckles. I mean, all I needed was glasses. And, you were you know, doomed. Uh, oh shit. man, I mean, and I remember, you know, I told this story the other day. Um, I remember letting a boy beat me at wrestling because he was more popular than I was, and I thought, you know, that he should be able to beat me because he was cooler than me. And, and, you know, and, and I knew that I could have, I could have beat him. And, you know, even at that young age that instilled in me this, this inferiority complex of, you know, of be it social standards, athleticism, I mean, whatever it no matter what the, no matter what the reasoning was behind why you didn't feel you were good enough for a win, you know, that plays into your head. And, um, you know, I reached a place later in life where, you know, because of some other other things that happened, where that wasn't ever going to happen again, and um, you know, and my daughter was lucky enough to get brought into a sport that teaches her that no matter how much money you have, no matter if you're the biggest nerd in the school, no matter if you are, um, you know. An athlete, a jock, the smart guy, it doesn't matter. You can be good. You can be strong. You can be somebody. And, you know, and 
watching her do that was was more pride than anything because I, I, I didn't care about her numbers. Her numbers, you know, I mean, even though they're awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's strong. But Those are some incredible numbers. Yeah, I mean, she's 11th all time. And yeah. 12 and under, and she did it at 10 years old. Absolutely. And, and you know what? We're, we will have those posted uh, within the podcast the description <laughs> just so you guys can go and, and see that. And uh, does she have social media? She does. She is at the little one. That is <laughs> crazy as hell for a 10-year-old to have social media because that stuff is well, violent out there. Well, she has, she has a social media account that she comes to us and says, I would like to post this. And we look at it and say, See, now that's "Okay, a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she's not. She's not allowed to post anything without, without being checking." And um, the only reason we let her have it was because when she started competing and she started going to these meets, you know, she started, uh, people started wanting to reach out to her and stuff, and they they really did. I mean, the powerlifting community has been great to her, you know, and of course, you know, I'm very. You know, I'm subdued just conversating, sitting around talking, but I mean, you put, you know, a situation like a, a meet or something like that, I'm very animated. I yell a lot. Um, I'm not embarrassed. A lot of people, you know, they'll get up there and they're like, just come on, man, go do it. No, I mean, I'm yelling. I'm pointing at the crowd. Why are you not yelling? I mean, why are you not as excited as me? And um, you're so, definitely the most excited guy that I've seen in the power of me. I, I, but that's, that's why we're there, man. We're there to have a good time. And so, you know, let's have a good time. And, and the person who's up there, you know, the people in the crowd that are watching them, what they don't understand is that guy or girl has trained, has worked so hard for this moment. And, you know, and I mean, and the guy coming up four spots later might be out squatting by 800 pounds. But this dude has worked for this moment for so long. This is his culmination. This is his championship. And be proud of it, you know, platform, get, you know, you know, reward him for his effort, you know, of what he did because he had the balls to do it, you know, and I mean, I've seen people come back from meets and, you know, and they won a trophy and they had like a 1,100 total or something and, you know, and guys at the gym would make fun of them and like, oh, I could have made that. Well, but you didn't. You know, you were sitting on the house eating Cheetos because you didn't have the balls to step up and put on a singlet and get in front of everybody and, and lift when it counted. I tell you what, that's a that's a weird feeling to have the singlet on and <laughs> get in front of people. It's it's a little disconcerting. I mean, there's more people afraid of public speaking than death. <laughs> like, they're less afraid to die than to get up in front of people and think that they might not be accepted by those people. So when you're up on a platform... I never see anybody go boo or I don't like that person. No, no, no. it's only cheers. Yeah, and it's never jeers, and yeah. that, that's really what's important about all this. It's it's building that self confidence. So for her to be ten and have a social media presence and doing all that, how much of it is positive versus negative? Because there's trolls everywhere, yeah. and I hate the trolls. No, but we can't get rid of them. No, there's there's no way to really just annex them from our lives because they're all anonymous. They can kind of yeah, they're social justice warriors. They can do whatever the fuck they want. True. So how much of the feedback for her being ten years old has been negative? Um, the only negative thing was um, that was ever said was, you know, oh don't don't hurt her growth plates. Oh she shouldn't be lifting at that age. You know and. But there was no trolling action or anything else because, I mean, if... I, I really mean, wish I could roll my eyes so uh, you guys could hear it um, <laughs> because the whole cross plate fucking fiasco is... 
We'll get into that in another podcast. Uh, I mean, have a whole subject on that. Well, I tell them one thing they don't understand is I'm holding her back. She can lift more than what she's lifting, but it wasn't about the numbers. I mean, like right now she could move up the list with her strength, but we're not going to push her that hard. It's not, it, that's not why we're there. Right. You know, we're there to, to give her the confidence of, you know, she can do this. I mean, you know, Laura Phelps was so sweet and invited her down to the women's pro-am. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a really, really big deal for her to move so quickly to that kind of platform. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's got to do wonders for her self-confidence. Well, of course. I mean, you know, she comes back with a little gold medal and, you know, pictures with the goat, <laughs> you know. Hey, that's, that's, I don't even have pictures with the goat. Yeah. That's, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she's, and and she was really just, everybody has been so good and loved her. And, you know, and I mean, nobody even knows. She's already been, you know, her name has been forgotten, kind of like mine. Everybody just calls me bull. Everybody calls her the little one. And, you know, because that's what she'll be forever. And the reason we call her the little one is because she's got an older brother. And so when we used to walk out of the house, Shorty would be like, hey, you know, I got the little one. I'd be like, all right, I got the big one. Let's go. And uh, so that's that, what works. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was where it came from. And so she, she will always be the little one till the day I die. And, you know, that's it. It's going to stick. So when she is a, a really big deal, I mean, not to say she's not a big deal now, but just when she becomes this phenomenon, she sticks with it for the next, I mean, even 10 years. Mm-hmm. Ten, 10 more years of power than she'll be 20. Yes. Where most people start. Yeah. She'll be 10, 12 years ahead of them and at a better point in her life where she could learn and have good training and have all the advantages that a lot of people don't. She is set up very well to go on and be one of the greatest there ever has been as long as she still wants to do it. And the yeah. important thing that you said was you never had to push her into it. No, no, no. She wants it. Yes. Hopefully she continues to want it. Yeah. But if she doesn't, Let's say she comes to you at fifteen, like that. I don't want to powerlift anymore. Yeah. What What happens then? What? How does that affect your relationship with her? Oh yeah, yeah I don't care. I mean, my my boy, he could care absolute less about lifting weights. You know, he's fourteen years old. He wants to make YouTube videos and um, play video games, and you know, wants to be a you know web designer. So, That's awesome. and you know what? I'm like, dude, be the best you can be. I mean, what a I mean, if they had people that would sit down and watch him do that, I would get up and yell. So, you know, I'd get up and clap, make them clap for him, you know. You'd so. be surprised. There's people that play video games, film it, put it online, and there's millions of people that will watch them yes. play video games. More so than watch us lift heavy shit. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. But there's definitely more of that kind of person than there is of us. We're, we're kind of a rare breed. Um but I mean that's that's always possible, and that's great that you won't put that pressure on her. No, to no, do that, no. you know, she never has to compete again, and she never had to for me to love her. You know, I that's mean. and that's a lot of folks they don't understand that they're trying to look for that that reassurance from their parents of oh they did this well, oh they did that well. I know people now they're thirty that still look for their parents in the crowd at a powerlifting meet, a strongman meet, and I'm like, it's not about that. Yeah. they're going to be there if you were playing fucking chess <laughs> if they're there for this they're going to be there for anything <laughs> know that you make them proud um, and if they don't then you know what there's a hundred other people beside you you're competing with that they're absolutely love you. you yeah they yeah. want you to win yeah you know my my, uh, my blood family has gotten very small over the last several years um, I've lost a lot of people I lost my mom this year I lost my brother 
Um, my sisters are pretty much dead to me because they <laughs> like drugs more than people. Mm. Um, so it's basically just like me and my dad as far as blood relatives anymore. I have a few others that are distant, but I see them once a year, maybe once every five years. Mm-hmm. But my strong family, thats those are the ones that matter. Those are the ones that I see. They're the ones that I can call at two o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I need you to meet me at this spot and bring a shovel. <laughs> and they won't ask me why. They'll just say, okay, click. Well, and they'll be there. Well, that, that was one thing my dad always used to say is, he said, uh, he always used to say he had a lot of friends, but he didn't have a lot of true friends. And I asked him one time, I said, well, what's the difference? And he said, oh, that's simple. You call both of them at two o'clock in the morning and you say you need them. A friend will say why, a true friend will say where. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, that's, that's epitome of what it is. And I, I know I've been very blessed to be able to know some of the greatest people in the world. And that's why, you know, that's why I recognize this podcast and what it's for. And we're back with part two, sitting here with Bull. Um, Hope you enjoyed the small advertisement there uh, for all of our supporters and everybody else who's out there uh, to include Bullstrong and all the great (laughs) things that they do. Um, So what were we talking about now? I have no idea. (laughs) That's great. I I have no idea. I got a, you know, I got a, I got a Sprite. So, um, all right. Well, that's good. As long as, as long as we're, we're hydrated now with good, you know, non-caffeinated carbonated drinks, we'll be yes, okay. Exactly. So getting back into this, um, you know, powerlifting has changed your life in so many ways. True. It's given you a different work ethic. Um, it's made your, your, your friendships different, you know, your, your relationships in general different. Mm-hmm. So that brings us up to today. And I know you don't, you don't put a lot of your own stuff out there as far as, how you're doing and what's going on with you and it's admirable because I felt very special when I found out that I was like oh I know this now broke my fucking heart <laughs> um, it absolutely did and when Chad found out Chad Clark which he'll be on a later episode you know, great guy I mean well, there, there's good humans in this world and then there's Chad Clark I mean he is he's just a, a, not, a notch above it so for some of our listeners that don't know um what exactly is relentless? Because some folks are going to, you know, have an idea of what this is and they're going to be like, oh, well, everybody knows what relentless is, but not everybody really knows everything. And this is a niche world. So Mm -hmm. what is relentless? What do they do? And what does it mean to you? Uh, Relentless is a powerlifting meet that benefits Hope Kids. Hope Kids is a foundation that um, helps families of terminally ill children. Now, do they only do the powerlifting meet for the kids, or is there other stuff going on at the same time? Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. The day of Relentless, uh, the day of Relentless, they have like, you know, a fun zone for the kids, and they have, uh, you know, blow up stuff, and you know, people walking around doing face painting, and you know, all stuff. It's literally like a little festival inside of a powerlifting meet. Is it is it all geared for the kids, or is it geared for general public to be able to go, and then also the kids are there? It's just for the kids. That's awesome. Yeah, it is a day built just for them. And, you know, and Hope Kids does so much wonderful things. And then, you know, and coming in to Relentless um, and being able to lift in front of these children who are are fighting battles that are 10 times worse than anything we've ever been through. You know, and they they really do. They, they, They come up on the stage and they smile and they, and they, you know, and you're lifting and, they're they're taking a just 
one day out of their life to be kids. And that, that is one of the biggest things for me. They, they're not in a hospital. They're not, they're not thinking about being sick. They're thinking about having a fun time and watching what they consider to be superheroes up there lifting weights. And, um, you know, and, and Scott Nutter put it really best in the warm-up room before the meet. He said that he knows this is an Arnold qualifier and some people down here wanting to get some big numbers and everything else. And he goes, but these kids are literally dying. And he just stopped and he got choked up. And he said, these kids are dying for your attention. And, you know, and when he said that, there wasn't a dry in the room. You know, every single person, I mean, from the biggest, strongest man, you know, were there. And just everybody, it hit home of why we were here, of what we were doing. I mean, we raised money to help children. And we, we and, but the reality of the situation is all these kids are fighting battles. And they're fighting battles that, that we can't. You know, us as adults, it's hard to hear these words and it's hard to have these problems. But these kids are, are fighting it at, at children and they, and they shouldn't have to, you know. And, and we can do one thing, you know. We can go in and we can lift weights and make a kid smile. And if you can't get behind that, there's nothing that, uh, there's nothing that'll help you as a human. You suck. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's a... It was the it was the greatest honor of my life to be asked to go and to be given the opportunity to come in and 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 just you know make some kids smile and laugh and cut up and the numbers don't matter and you know it it, it didn't I could care less what we did that day I just it's all about fist bumps and you know and high fives and smiles and hugs and walking off and and just and being being something not putting any of the lifters on pedestals because they're not the stars there that day but you know being able to put joy into a kid's heart and you know and and that was that was what it was for me it was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful thing that literally changed my life I mean I came back feeling like a better person from from what I got from them I mean because I've never had more of a, um, uh, I've never been prouder of what I've done as far as being a lifter because all the titles and numbers and crap and, you know, and small town lifts and victories and all that stuff, that was nothing. But it got me to that point to be able to step on that stage and, 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 you know, and, make a kid smile and you know and my hope kid Danny um, wonderful little girl so sweet and then the second year I was there I the first day we walked in you know uh, I looked down and I was like um, I said so what are you most excited about you know because you know you got face painting balloons you know bouncy houses and you know all this stuff and she goes I just want to watch you lift well and man <laughs> Ooh, How did, did you keep your shit together? Oh, it, it, it just about killed me. I looked over at Chris Miller's wiping his eyes, and you know, I was, yeah, it's like that. You know, it put it into perspective what we were doing, and you know, and and like you know, this little girl who's fighting a horrible illness, and you know, and she has all these other things that she could do this day that most kids would want to do, of playing, and I was, she just wanted to watch me pick up some weight, so. 
we did it. And, you know, and it, and that was the year that I did it, you know, with the renal failure and, and being so sick. But people were like, before I went, even the doctors were like, don't go. You know, I'm like, I lost your damn mind. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing you before that, and it was like, man, your health's not great, but I knew there's no stopping him. I dropped 45 pounds in uh, 11 days. It was a lot. Yeah. Uh, you were like a different person when I saw you after that 11 days. I was like, what, what the hell? Where, where'd the bull go? I just, it was it was rough getting, I remember uh, while it was going on, uh, after I pulled my second deadlift, I was, I, I was in bad shape. You know, I mean, I really was. And I never will forget it. You know, Corey Smash, you know, he's just larger than life athlete. Yep. You know, Corey. Huge comes, social media following. Yeah. And just, just, a, just, but, but I mean, if you look at his post about how much he cares about Relentless and how much he cares about these kids and stuff, it shows you the kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. But he came up and I just remember him. He put his hands on my shoulders and he looked at me and he said, man, just stop. You're like, just stop. You know, he said, you're sick. You know, you got nothing left to prove, man. You've already, you already done it. And I just, I remember I looked up, I'm like, there's no way I'm quitting. And then, you know, and they went over to the table and, uh, Chris went over to give my numbers for, for my last deadlift. And, um, Brazine and, and, uh, Scott were at the table and I'm like, tell him to quit. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, you know, and Chris was like, he'll load the bar himself. You know, I mean, I, I could, there was no possible way, you know, from like my mom just about killed me, you know, my wife just about killed me. The doctors were all pissed off. I mean, nobody wanted me to go do this. And then, you know, even that day, even the lifters were telling me to stop, but there was no way that I could quit knowing that what those kids were going through, you know, they didn't have the option of stopping. And so, you know. I can throw up or be hurt for a while. I mean, I, 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 can, I can handle that. If them kids ain't going to quit, I ain't going to quit on them. Absolutely. I think that's a great sentiment um, to say what, what that does and what what Relentless is and the important message that it brings. Um, and the fact that Scott's up there doing it and he does it every year and it fills up. I mean, it's invitation only, right? Well, they do have spots for people to sign up, you know, but it, it's, it's mostly you get in, you know, from invitation. Right. I mean, but, um, you know, Chris Miller, he has a, you know, you, if you follow him on um, Facebook, you can go to his, go to his page and give money, course smash and give money to his page. Your friend Adam uh, is going to do deadlift only mm-hmm. up there this year. And he's raising money for kids. Um, he's got an amazing deadlift for as little as he is too. Yeah. I mean, Tiny guy, pull yeah. a lot of weight. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could put some links in this, you know, cause if people want to give to a, give to a good cause where everything goes for the children. This, this is, this is the one. one. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many others that are out there that are, you know, a little bit shaky or different, or they have, you know, 80% of their money is actually administrative fees. Yeah. Yeah. Their CEO is making a half a million dollars a year. It's like, well, I don't necessarily want to give to that. Yeah. No, I want, I want the money to go to where it's supposed to. And when you can see the families that, that, that this helps, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're there. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I mean, you know, God bless them parents, man. I mean, what what they got to deal with and stuff is just, uh, it's, I can't, I, God, I can't, I couldn't, I can't even fathom it. Right. I mean, to, to have to deal with what they deal with has got to be just horrible. But, um, you know, but they do it, the troopers, and they, and they fight through. And them kids, 
I say it every time. They're stronger than any man on that platform. Uh, ain't no Absolutely. doubt. Ain't no doubt. Absolutely. You know, and I screw the injury, screw how bad I feel. I'm, we're going to get it, and I don't care what we got to do to make it happen. So I came back, and I did Relentless the first year. and Had a lot of fun. It was great. Um, I was paired with um, uh, little Danny, and Danny is one of the sweetest little girls that has ever walked on the planet. And, you know, and no matter how sick she is, you know, she's still happy. And, you know, and like... Um, so when they're doing this, they each lifter gets one kid that gets rolled up there with them when they do their lift? Or do you just have like a set amount of kids that are out in front of you? No, the kids, they, they it's an all-day event and the powerlifting is going on, but the kids, they have like a fun zone where the kids can go play in other rooms and everything else. And then they come up and they... They just come to watch the lifters, and they come in and out all day long. You know, I mean, so you might have fifty kids on stage at one time, and then you might have ten kids on stage, and then twenty-five, and then a hundred kids on stage. You know, they just they all come up when they want to, just to watch you lift. And and when you go up there and you see them, and you know, and you and you see them, you know, just they get one day to be a kid. You know, I mean, these are kids that are in the hospital and uh you know fighting for their lives and you know and they get one day where they don't have to worry about that they get to play and you know there's guys walking around with tiaras on their head and wearing tutus and you know and face paint and you know and wildest haircuts and uh you know and <clears throat> and for me it was uh it, it was it was the greatest thing that I have ever been a part of is in, in the lifting world, and you know, and they they were real good to me and asked me you know a couple times to come, and you know this year I'm not going to be able to lift because of everything going on and stuff. Last year I fought through pretty tough time you know health wise going up there and I did it anyway, and I totaled the worst that I've totaled <laughs> since my first meet. But um, I was more proud of that meet than any of them, just because of you know fighting through fighting through being sick and and stuff. And I had great people with me, you know Chris Miller, you know from Iron Mafia, and you know the whole Miller family is amazing people. And you know, but me and Chris, he's uh, he's like my brother. He's just just a great great individual. And um, so this year he's taking my place. You know he's gonna he's gonna go up there and lift in my stead. That's awesome. And it, it says a lot to him, too, that he, he already has some great brothers. And he's always looking for that next one. Yeah. Like another brother to add to the list. Um, you know, and I've, I've met the Miller several times, and they are some of the hardest working people I've ever seen. True. They, they put work into so many meets all across the, the, the state, the region. I mean, they're, they're all over the place. They're in every state now. They're doing it in Tennessee now. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have one coming up in October yes. they're going to be doing it for you. At your daughter's middle school. Yes, so, yes, I mean, that's, yes. That's going to be a really big deal. Introduce, you know, that sport to, to those kids. But those guys work so hard. And they all have day jobs. Yes. Ain't <laughs> nobody getting rich. I fuck power with them. Uh-uh. No, they're um, not. When I find out who those people are, I'm going to emulate what the hell they do. <laughs> but none of them are getting rich. Just like in Strongman. None of us are getting rich. No. Uh, from the top down. And, I mean, I know everybody in Strongman. There's really not anybody that I don't. None of them are fucking rich. <laughs> not one of them. The guy who created CrossFit... That dude's rich. That guy's rich, yes. That yeah. dude's just breaking it in. Um, anybody who makes golf stuff, rich. All of us, 
struggling. Yeah. <laughs> like we're all like paycheck to paycheck just trying to get by. So with Relentless, are you going to go back this year and watch? Yes, I'm going to. I'm going to be Chris's handler. I still want to be a part of it. And, you know, I mean, just to touch on it, just so, you know, we don't dance around the subject. Last year when I went, I was in uh, renal failure and actually competed you know, when I was up there, my kidneys were only functioning at like 18%. And uh, so, you know, I, it was a, it was a bad day. Like I was throwing up all day long and, you know, I mean, the back pain was, was just horrible. And then, you know, on my opening squat, um, you know, the pain in my back from my kidneys, you know, being so swollen and stuff was it was was bad and I kind of shifted on the way down and I compressed a, a disc and you know compressed a nerve and my whole left side went to sleep and so the rest of the day we spent fighting through a back injury and you know throwing up after after every single lift and you know but we were putting on a smile for the kids and did they ever see that pain no did it ever yeah. come out on the platform no no no, 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 no we got no 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 we fought through it and went to the back and you know, doubled over, but you know, we made it through, made it through the meet and that was, that was big. And then, you know, I was able to get over that and you know, what Dave's talking about now, what him and Chad are talking about is, uh, I, I had a heart attack. It was a small one, wasn't a big deal. I literally took two aspirin and an Nexium and, uh, I was at the Arnold this year when it happened mm -hmm. and then came back, still wasn't feeling great and went to the doctor and found out that, you know, I got congestive heart failure and there's, there's only two kinds of congestive heart failure. You know, one of them is, you know, caused by blockages and one of them is just your heart's dying. And I got the kind that your heart's just dying. So only 28% of my heart's still working. And, um, you know, the ejection fraction, because my heart was in a constant state of AFib, was um, only 25%. So I wasn't getting a lot of blood flow through my body. So I was real tired all the time and everything. And so we... Um, we ended up kind of um, just, I, you know, I had heart surgery a couple of weeks ago and they went in and burned all the places in my heart that was causing the AFib. So now the 28% the that's still alive is going to work better. So I'll be feeling hopefully a lot better than I have. I mean, as far as like lifting heavy, them days are done. But we'll, now we're just going to make everybody else stronger. That, that's the goal. But But no, so I can't do relentless, but... As far as being a part of Relentless, as long as they need somebody to load plate, spot, handle, mop the floor, I mean, I'll I'll be there to support that. Absolutely, it's a it's, it's a great program that they have, um, and I hope it continues for many many years to come, and I hope it grows. I think every state should have some form of Relentless. Well, Hope Kids just came to Tennessee um, this year. They're they're starting that and. I have, you know, if they need me to, to help with a meet down here, we'll do whatever whenever they decide to do it. I mean, Hope Kids is the main thing behind Relentless. Relentless is just just a meet for the kids, you know. And, I mean, I love their tagline, you know. It's, you know, strong men, men and women and stronger kids mm -hmm. because, you know, let's face it, them kids are stronger than anybody else on the platform. Absolutely, because they can somehow come to grips with it, whereas grown folks can't. Yeah. Grown folks no, can't. No, no, really no. They've they got too much to lose. And, you know, those kids have never gotten anything. They're just happy to be alive. They're just happy to be alive. They're just happy to see, you know, somebody come up and, you know, you got 
you know, Marshall coming in there with his mohawk and his spikes through his nose and, you know, and, you know, big, scary, strong men like, you know, um, um, Corey. Um, yeah, like, I'm just one complete. Like, I've known Corey for years. Um, you know, and, uh, but then, you know, I get out there. I mean, I, I competed in a cowboy hat. So I think I've always seen you in a cowboy hat. When it's at a meet, it's something that's prestigious, that's official. I mean, that's how we find you. Because really and truly, you know, being at the Arnold, look for the big bald guy with a beard does not fucking help. No, they don't work. They don't do well, yeah. Like, it's really, you can definitely get lost in that crowd. You look like everybody else. But when you see that damn cowboy hat, oh, wait, there's Bull. I found him. And he's, you know, 14 rows over because that place is packed. You know, a lot of our listeners probably have attended the Arnold or seen it or they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing they've got to know is... Do not just go in looking for the big bald guy with a beard. <laughs> um, it's just not going to work out well for you. Look for the strong guy. Yeah, no, 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 not going to work. No, um, that's, uh, I've this, been wearing a cowboy hat since I was twelve, so you know it's just me. Yeah, it's it, it's a part of who Bull is and that, and that persona. Um, I I'm lucky enough I get to see you kind of outside of that world too, um, and it's the same level of energy. You just don't expend it the same way. You don't hoot and holler all the time, but it's always there. Yeah, it's always cocked and ready to go. Well, you know, you being a lifter, you know, is it's walking a fine line between being cocky and confident. Because you know, when you walk up to that bar, you have got to be confident enough to know that you can do it. And I tell everybody, you know, you beat the bar from the top. You know, you beat it before you even grab it. And you know, because if you go in half cocked and be like, I, you know, I might not get this. I don't know. It's heavy. My last set didn't go too well. You, you don't even touch the bar. You know, you're not you're beat before you start. So, right. go into every lift like I got this. There ain't nothing that can beat me. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, there's there's a phrase that you've always used that I absolutely stole from you. And I give you every bit of credit for it. But when somebody comes to me before a meet, before a big lift, and they're like, "Well, what advice do you got for me?" I was like, "Well, ask them a few questions." I say, "Well, did you train hard? Did everything go good in training? Do you know what all your cues are?" Do you know what you have to do underneath that bar? Do you know exactly every single step? And like, well, yeah. I was like, then don't suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't that suck. That is all you need to do. Yeah. Because if you go up there and you grab that bar and you don't suck, then you're going to be just fine. Yeah. And it kind of snaps them out of something because they're in their fucking head too much. Exactly. they got to stop thinking about what that weight is, what the number is, what the reps they need, uh, or, or anything else. Or the other competitors, the other lanes, the judging differences. It doesn't matter. Right. If you go up there and you don't suck, you will win. And and you know, and that's that's how that came about, literally that saying of just don't suck. And you know, and it, it does kind of transpire into everything of life. And I do want to get this this point across, you know, I'm I don't have like bullet points or anything of stuff that I wish we'd talk about or say. I mean it's just conversation, but I always tell people about any kind of competition or anything else, when you go up to a meet people are going to remember your character long after they remember your numbers. And so, you know, if you go up and you're a good guy, you know, that's people are always going to remember that. And so don't be the douchebag in the back just because you're beating everybody, you know. Be the douchebag in the back. It's like, hey, man, you ain't got nobody you can hand off. You know, I mean, and and so don't just suck under the bar. Don't suck at life, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> be a good human. Because, you know, as much information as I have about you, what I don't know is your best total. It's a number that I never worried about because it didn't matter. No, and it, and it, you know, I mean, it, 
it doesn't. I mean, I never was the greatest lifter, you know, but um, I... And yet at the same time, you were the greatest lifter. <laughs> In my mind, yes. I tell people all the time, you know, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, all you... But I mean, I, it hits on so many different levels, you know. <laughs> to be the greatest lifter is to be the best person. Well... You know, and when you're you're the favorite person at the meet, it doesn't mean you're the strongest, it doesn't mean you're weakest, but when you're the best person... Wow. that's what counts and you're that guy who will oh. go help somebody else oh, that will wow. rap for them you'll get down there and you'll sweat your ass off rapping for them and it'll be you'll be just covered in it and just so excited yes and it's yeah. like every meet that I see you at it's like it's your first one because you're that you're that eager and you know to, to reference this to some of our listeners it's like Christmas morning for Bull every single time he's, <laughs> he's out there and every every PR that's set or every lift that's made it's another present that gets opened I love you know, I still get that that feeling of when I see somebody else get a PR, I get that little cold chill and the hair on the back of my neck, which there's not much hair back there. <laughs> trying to take care of it, but I still get that feeling every single time I see somebody set a PR. And that's what tells me I still love this sport. Yeah. Um, it's If I still get that rush of adrenaline and those endorphins released every single time, then why not overload on that shit? Because it's not running out. There's there's plenty of lifters out there that I can be proud of. Sure. Um, and you're a big reason why that is, you know. Wow. You've made it possible for so many lifters out there to be able to do what they do, and I don't even think they know it. They have no idea right now that you've helped them so much. But in 10 years, they're going to look back and go, damn, I wish everybody would have had a bull and a short hangout. <laughs> because if they would have, this sport would be so much bigger. Uh, and I just yell a lot, man. <laughs> bullshit. That's what I'm talking about. That is a bunch of bullshit right there. Um you know, you've you've really reached a lot of people, and you know, with with Bull Apparel, it's reaching even more. One of the greatest things in the world is, you know, I walked into um, the Arnold and I saw somebody wearing a Bull Strong shirt, and you know, and it was and it was somebody I'd never met before, and they didn't know who you were. No, and you and know, that's great. Yes, and then I went to um, I was at Relentless one year uh, the. First or second year I was there, I, I don't remember which one, you know, but it's in Minnesota and, you know, we're here in Tennessee and somebody walked in, there was a girl and she had on, you know, my stay humble, but let these bitches know shirt. Great and, shirt. Yeah, Great shirt. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, I mean, you know, don't act like you're the cockiest, but remind everybody why you're there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's it. And um, I walked up to her and I'm like, I love your shirt. Can I get a picture made with you? And she looked at me like, just like, um, okay and I was like I know it sounds creepy but I'm actually bull that's my shirt and you know and she's like and you know and she she goes oh okay you know then it was all right but it was it was funny uh it was just it it was kind of pride to think about just a saying that you were sitting back one night thinking about in the hole and um you put it on a shirt and somebody thought enough of it in another state to buy it mm-hmm. and then you know the lockout or pass out shirt um, which was our first one uh, that came out with uh, me and Big Frank Phillips was at uh, actually the first meet I met you at uh, Beast of the Bluegrass. Oh yeah, several years ago. We definitely got to tell that story. Yeah. that's a good one. That's and a uh, story. we were um, we were there, and um, uh, you know Big Frank was was sitting there, and this boy was pulling a deadlift, and the next thing, you know, bull, I mean, uh, Frank looked over and he goes, "Bull, look at this boy," and he had it like almost to his knees and had stopped but didn't go down and he was blue i mean he had done gone past red 
I mean, he was trained so long. He uh, every bit of blood, blood and air was gone from that boy. But he wouldn't quit. He just kept going and he kept pulling it up slowly. And I just turned around and looked at Frank and I said, well, he's either going to lock out or pass out. That's it. And then Frank goes, that's cool. It should be on the shirt. And I was like, you know, that actually should. And so that's that's how that shirt came about. That was that was there. And that was where it was. So so when is the next rollout for the uh, the next great Bullstrong shirt? Uh, you, you've got some good ones. I do. I do. They've been around a while. It's time to time to do it. But you know, I mean, the thing about when you have a shirt business that is not made to make money, uh, you know, it costs a lot to to bolt to to you know carry an inventory and to do all this stuff and coming out with new designs. You know, you're out a lot of money before you before you even start. And so um, I got like three in my head. You know, I mean. Uh, and I don't know which one we're going to come out with. I mean, last year when, or six months ago when we come out with the girls, the the one, you know, pull to your pee. I mean, you know, if you're... If you're Lord knows I've seen that yeah, a lot. Yeah, if, oh, you're a, if you're a female lifter, you get it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's nothing offensive about it. It's just yeah. part of it. So, yeah. you know, that means you were trying. Yeah. And um, The only yeah. thing I didn't like uh, when it would happen to be like at the Arnold or something else is um, I always have a towel with me because mm-hmm. usually I'm sweating profusely through the whole show because I'm running around like sure. a madman. Uh, the only thing that bothered me was I had laid my towel down on a chair that was for my face. Yes. And they used it to clean up after <laughs> somebody had went. And I walked over and I said, hey, wait a minute. That's not where I left my towel. What was this towel used for? And then they told me, and I said, oh, good. You can keep that. You can have that one. That one's, that one's free. That's from the hotel. Uh, Red Roof will gladly donate that. I'm not taking that shit back. Because I almost had it up to my face to wipe sweat again. And I may have been pissed if that had happened. Literally. Yeah. No, they say it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. No I would have both. No doubt. Um, you would have had them both. But, uh, you know, it, it's a part of what we do. And... I see some girls that get, you know, they, they get ashamed of it or they're like, they're like so sorry. They just kind of slink off. And I'm like, guys, it's no big deal. It's really not. I'll get a towel. I'll clean it up. Don't worry about it. Go and focus on your next lift. You've got another thing coming. But I want to make sure it's not wet for the next girl that comes Sure, sure. Yes, no you know, doubt. That's rough. Um, I don't know. Next shirt, I, one of the ideas um, I had was um, if you've been in a gym long enough and you are a respectful gym member like I always was before I owned a gym you know because like I I would get mad at somebody if they were like throwing dumbbells from the top you know instead of like mm-hmm. trying to have I mean I understand kind of tossing them to the ground once they get like to their hips yeah. but you know you got some guys over there doing incline press with dumbbells and they'll take it from a lock position and just drop yeah. you know the 120s and stuff and you know when it's yours you get a little pissed but when I was when I was just a gym member and they would do that kind of stuff, I'd turn and look at them and say, hey, jackass, I got to use that tomorrow. If you break it, I can't, you know? And um, Absolutely. And then, you know, it was annoying when you would walk up to a bar and, you know, it would still be loaded, you know, from the last guy who just turned around and walked off. And, you know, it it, it would, that always angered me. So I have kind of thought about for the next Bullstrong shirt, you know, maybe like, um, you know, I'm so strong, I re-rack my own weight. Ooh, that hit, that hit home for some people. <laughs> yeah. The good news is most people that leave the weight on the deadlift bar, it's never more than like 405 because they can't lift that fucking much anyway. <laughs> and probably they didn't know how to lift it with one hand to take a plate off. No, no, time. it's impossible. 
Yeah, they were like, I don't know where the jack is, so I'm just going to leave this. Just going to leave it there. Yeah. yeah. What I love is when they leave the leg press loaded up. And this is in every gym I've ever been in. Yeah. You walk in, you see leg press, and there's 2,000 pounds on it. I'm like, first of all, you have no business doing 2,000 pounds on anything ever. Why the fuck did you leave it on there yeah. just for the next girl to come in to look at that and go, yeah, I'm not going to lift that today. I'm yeah. going to move on. And it, it discourages people. It you does. Know? We used to have 100-pound plates, and... Uh, we left them in there for the leg press, but people wouldn't take them off, and you know, and we ended up having to pull them from the floor just because idiots wouldn't wouldn't unrack them. Right. And so, you know, I mean, we had an elderly gentleman, you know, using the leg press and um, dropped it on his foot, and you know, and I was like, yeah, they're they're done. You know, yeah. that's it. Hundreds are great for that individual lifter that really wants them, but they're not great for a gym. No, no, and they just don't they don't work in that function. They're good in the hole. Yeah, yeah, but. Depends on where they're setting them. Sure. If they set them flat down on the floor, oh, they're an asshole. I hate you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, then, then, you're officially a dick. And I'm all for some grip work. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Um, I, I hate you at that point. Because <laughs> I'm going to try to get something to pry underneath of it to prop it up onto a, a two and a half and then pick it up. Because, man, fuck picking up hundreds without that. I it's agree. Just, that's just insane. Unless you're Old Haugen and then you can just hub lift it. Old Haugen can do anything. I mean, that man's grip is just ridiculously strong. Yeah. yeah. And a good dude, you know. I mean, one of my favorite memories was hanging out with him and, you know, drinking beer at uh, that, I don't know, that little bar we went to that night after the, uh, was that the Arnold, I think? Yeah, the yeah we went to Arnold. Yeah. That was a, a, a fun, fun time. So I want to come back to how you and I met okay. at Beast of Bluegrass. I think that was, I want to say 2016? Probably no, somewhere. 17. It, I don't know. might have been 16. I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure which it feels like we've known each other for 30 years. Yes. So I'm okay with that part of it. Sure. So we don't have to necessarily put a date on it. Okay. But we go, and I'm running the Moss Tournament there. Uh, Strongman is already taken care of. They had their state rep. They were good. And you were over there doing powerlifting. And we were over there just doing like demos. And we actually had Ode Haugen's son there, OJ. Yes. Um, who's a very good Moss wrestler. Uh, very talented on the world stage. You know, has done world competitions. Uh, very athletic. Very, very strong guy. Yeah. And... You just happened to walk by, and we were like, "Hey, do you want to you want to try this shit?" And you walked up in cowboy boots and jeans and your big ass hat, and you walked up there, and you're like, "Okay, what do I do? Sit down, put your feet here, grab this stick, don't let him have it." And we gave you the, the go command, and you were like, "So I just pull? Yeah, sure, just pull as hard as you can." And OJ was going against you at that time, just to kind of teach you some form, and you know, we're trying to work through it. And then I look back, and I see OJ flying. Through the air, several feet, all the way off of the stage that we were on. It was like a 16 by 20 stage. And off he goes. Luckily, he's very athletic because they were <laughs> like a cat. But we're like, wait a minute. Did that just fucking happen? Wait, do that again and let's see what happens. And the uh, second time, he was a little more ready for it, but he still went in the air. He just didn't fly off the stage that time. Um well, you know there's more to that story than you're telling. There is. There okay, because right, so, the truth of the matter was is I was up at the powerlifting part, and then they come back here and they said, hey, look, there's this guy back here, and he's one of the, I don't I don't know the weight classes, I forgot offhand, you know, but he's, he's one of the smaller ones. And he likes to go against big people, and they call him the giant killer. And he wants to take on somebody from every one of the events there that day. That was that was how this was was told to me, and I'm like, and they want you to go back here and do moss, and I said, hold on a minute, 
all right, I know nothing. I didn't know what Moss was at the time. You know, they said Moss Wrestling. And um, I literally, when I stood up, I was like, all right, so some guy says that he wants, I said, out of everybody here, he wants to do, he wants to, he wants to go against me. And, you know, and I was like, you know, because I ain't no easy win. And at the time, I thought we were going to wrestle. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like, you know, when I, when, I, when I went back there, I mean, I didn't know if it was going to be like sumo or what, you know, but I mean, I don't care if it's pickup sticks. You throw down a challenge, I am there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when I went back there, I was like, oh, oh, you, we hold a stick and we go. Well, then after I beat OJ, I left and I went back up to the front. And one of the guys that had been competing come back and said that uh, they were back there talking and they said that you cheated. And I said, how did I cheat at a game I never played before? <laughs> you know, I didn't. <laughs> and they said, well, you didn't, you set up a little far. He was over the board before you came across. You didn't come, you didn't do it even, you know, and stuff. And, and uh, you know, but if it was a legit match, he would beat you. And I said, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, so, let round two. <laughs> and, that was, and that was why I come back. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved it, man. Moss is Moss doesn't get the credit that it deserves, you know. I mean, it's such a fun sport, and you know, and then to see it, see what it's becoming over here. It's getting popular, but I mean, to see it in other countries of how big it is and how big of a deal it is, and everything else. And I mean, and we were lucky enough to, you know, have one of my guys on my powerlifting team, you know, Logan Emery, who's you know just a great big powerful man. I mean, you know, he's just a great strong dude and just just a great guy. I mean, you know, just really just good dude, good heart. I mean, you know, he's one of those he's one of those true friends, you know, he's a word guy. He'll be there, it doesn't matter what what I need him for or anybody, you know, he's just just a good fellow. And uh, you know, we got him in the moss and turns out he was really good. Yeah. And yeah, he started out really good, which a lot of people don't necessarily have that kind of aptitude that he did. Um, I remember when we when we found Logan he was back there powerlifting. I, I was there and it was after a, a whiskey and deadlift day on a Saturday and I came up on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pretty well just spent anyway. And I was like, let me see this total thing. Because I've never totaled before. Ever, True. Ever yeah. in my life because I didn't give a shit. <laughs> so I was like, if I just get the four digit mark, I'll be really happy. So I did that. Yes, and you I did. I got that number and I was, I was happy with it. And I didn't care because I'm not not a great powerlifter. No, no, no. You're strong. Never, never Two different things, yeah. Completely different sport. Might as well be fucking cycling and running. It's completely mm-hmm. different. And we pulled the moss board out because it's going to be fun. And there's a few guys that came up and they tried. And they're like, well, yeah, I'll go against you. And I was like, okay, I'm not that strong. You saw me powerlifting back then. Yeah. I'm weak as fuck. No. Girls were doing better numbers than me. And it was fine. But they sat down on their moss board with me. And then they're like, whoa, what, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. And then even Shane sat down. Yeah, I was about to say, you beat Shane Hammock that day. Yeah. A and 900 deadlifter. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is fucking amazing because there's only, what, 10 of those in the world right now? No doubt. Uh, there's not many. So we sit down and I pull him and then somebody runs back there to tell Logan. He says, hey, there's this guy we're beating everybody. You got to go beat him. And at this point, this was like six matches in a row in about eight minutes that I had done. And then Logan comes up and he grabs a stick and it felt a little different when he grabbed it. I was like, okay. But I guess he just wanted it more than I did that day. <laughs> and he beat me. And it's the first time I had lost in Moss in a while. And I was like, oh, this guy's something special. Yeah. This guy's a little different. Let's see what we can do with that. And after that, you know, I talked to him a few weeks later. And I was like, look, man, it's, do you want to really be good at this? And he said, yeah, I want to I actually put the time into it and, and be ready. 
and we started training and we got him ready. Um, he qualified for uh, the USA team and then he went to the Arnold uh, and took second place. And this was two years ago because this year was Devontae. Yeah. Um, and he's brought more people into the sport because he actually wanted to help bring Devontae in who's yes. second in the world now. Uh, yeah, um, very strong kid. Very strong. Um, so Moss has a way of growing in very small increments but for the right reasons and the right people. I wish we could have the masses but it's so hard to get that reach. True. Um, in the rest of the world, it's easy. I mean, it's a national sport. They have training centers dedicated to Moss in other countries. I know. It's crazy. Here we have, hey, man, do you have a two-by-four? How about a two-by-ten? <laughs> Let's put it down and see what happens. Um, and actually, you were one of, you bought one of the first boards I ever made. And now I make all the official boards for everybody. So it's, it's kind of grown from that. True. But, I mean, you still have one of the, the very first boards I ever made, the one that I trained on myself. It's a prototype. That's the one. And, uh, <laughs> um, and you know, it, it means the world that you were able to bring Moss into your gym. And that's another thing about your gym um, is you're not afraid to put new things in there. No. A new sport comes up, you're like, bring it. It's not, well, our people don't do that. The Spartan races, you have one of those fucking curved walls. <laughs> well, I would never think in a million years to put that in the gym because well, that's for a specific kind of people that I don't necessarily want or know about. But you put it in because you had members that said, hey, I want this. Yeah, we have Spartan racers. And, you know, and they wanted to, they wanted to practice on a warped wall. So we, we built a warped wall, you know. Yeah. And you've always been able to accommodate everybody. Sure. And uh, some of the tournaments we've had up there from Moss was, was fun. Oh, man, so much fun. I mean, just the, the trash talking and, the, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to get in a victory over Logan. And I, I, I never would go against him again and never will um you know i still you know i mean it's like i beat him i'm on and at that time he was progressing very quickly yes and i think you caught him at just the right time to put his ego right back in the check and go, hey wait let's remember who bull is yeah and he's challenged you i don't know how many times oh a thousand but it's never gonna happen no never go right never now, never going again it's one and oh never going again undefeated it's, it's like me and Devonte. you yep. know i got Devonte. never happening again yeah not even close and he's so much better than he ever was of course um, he is <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he, he's gotten really, really good. He's in the weight cut now. Uh, but phenomenal athlete. Yes. Um, strong both kid. of those guys, just just great, great people. Mm-hmm. And for them to both come out of this small region, mm-hmm. it, it says a lot for what the sport is. Sure. You know, you don't have to be the strongest guy. No. You just have to be the best. Yeah. And so you can be good or you can be good at it. Yeah. And you can be smart, you know. That's right. You know, you got to have – and plus – if you can talk a lot of smack before it starts and get in people's heads, sometimes that helps too. Absolutely, because these younger guys, they don't understand that. Um, and <laughs> even when we brought Mary Kane up, I mean, mm. we've had a lot of really... Mary Kane is amazing. She's such a good athlete. Great Moss wrestlers come through mm-hmm. Just Be Fit. And it's known for powerlifting. It's known for the memberships and the great people and everything else. But people don't realize there's this whole other sport that's that little board that sits in the turf room. <laughs> yeah. They look at it and they go... There's a board there. Yeah. And they walk on. They don't realize that, you know, three of the, the top lifters in the world have trained on that. That, that board. same board, yeah. They, we had they, tournaments in that gym. And when we're there and we're asking them, we go, hey, guys, you want to you try them also? Like, ah, what the hell's that? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know what that shit is. <laughs> um, but, you know, you guys brought that into your gym because it was something new. It was something different. And you saw the benefit of it. Yeah, well, it gave people another chance to compete. It gave people a chance to to have some fun, and man, I, I you know I love I love competition, and competition breeds champions, mm-hmm. you know. And so if we can make each other better by 
by competing against each other and, and, and having and having just breaking up the monotony. I mean, this is this is this is fun stuff, but I mean, you know, it's only so much you can keep doing the same thing, going here one day and I mean, you know, you said it best one time, you know, Moss is like a deadlift that's mad at you. And you know that's absolutely right. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's 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 just a ball to do. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fun. I really like taking it to schools, um, like for football teams, wrestling teams, and it being, you know, the deciding factor in an argument. Oh, you guys want to bitch about this? Neither one of you are right, but you guys want to bitch about it? Take it to the board. Whoever wins can talk as much shit as well, they Well, you know, want. that's one of the reasons why I got started. Mm-hmm. You know, they put it in ports of call and put it in bars. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, when sailors would come in, instead of getting drunk and fighting, they'd put them on a the moss board. Show is the strongest. And, you know, and um, one, of, uh, one of the guys on my team, a guy named Travis Nelson, who's an awesome coach, you know, does online coaching and stuff mm-hmm. too. He, um, you know, he was he became a strength coach over at uh, one of the colleges in Texas, and um, you know, he wanted a moss board for there, you know, to uh, get the guys to compete a little bit and have some fun and do some do some strength training and stuff. So I mean, it's and it's getting out there, yeah. you know. And you got Janelle Vedker, <laughs> you know. Janelle is a badass <laughs> man. She's like a Mexican jumping beat on the on the moss board. Um, she does absolutely wonderful things out there. And we've had, you know, Nicole Hyam has been there. Um, you know, Becker's been there. Um, who else have we had down at the gym that's fantastic at moss? Ariel came down. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the strongest little people you ever see in your life. <laughs> Tiny hands is what I call her. Because her, her grip doesn't touch around the moss board. Or <laughs> around the moss stick. Her, her fingers don't actually reach her hands. That's how tiny her hands are. Um, but you know what? She takes every licking that she gets with the grain of salt, and she keeps coming back for more. Yeah. And she beats people. She absolutely does. She all of 120 pounds soaking wet, holding a brick. Um, she's told me she weighs 130. I don't believe her. I think uh, she's no. full shit. Yeah. If she's 130, it's because she's holding a brick. Yeah. Um, so weigh-ins don't lie. <laughs> yeah. And I got to look at that weigh-in. I'm like, nah, man. You you got all your clothes on, and you think you weigh 130. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Um, but we had so many great people come through that gym just for that sport. Then you look at the powerlifting side and the strongman and everything else. It's it's phenomenal. So I want to go back and touch on one thing real quick. Okay. You said that, you know, with your dad, you would have done anything for him to be able to just go and lift with you one time. Mm-hmm. That happens sometimes in our sports. And I want to talk about the one that happened this last year at Iron Warrior where Justin and Bud got uh-huh. to go and lift yes, yes, at yes. the same event and it Bud was really really resistant to wanting to compete because like oh, I'm not ready I'm not this I'm not anything else I'm like dude you get to go compete with your dad yeah that right there means that means everything that yeah. means everything I don't I don't give a shit what numbers you get what place you finish and I don't remember yeah. I'll have to go back and spreadsheet to see where he finished in his class all I remember is man how great is that that a father and son are competing together at the same show. Yeah, it, it, that, that really, that's special. And that's, they're and you know, again, great family, great people. I mean, there's so many people that, that I would like to you know to like talk about that affect my life and stuff. And there's just there's just so many you know. I mean, everybody on my team, you know, yeah, Big Frank, you know, Michael Holt, Dakota, uh, Chandler, you know, yes, uh, even Chandler. Yeah, I mean, Reggie, you know, I mean, yeah. you got the girls, you know, Olivia and, and Kayla and, you know, Dana, who's just a tremendous athlete and, you know, 
has tried very unassuming and, and, and you know, just came in and, and then I found out, you know, she was like a black belt in karate. And I mean, she's done, she's done a little bit of it all, you know, and then, you know, we got some of the stronger guys that have been with us for a long time, you know, like, like Justin and then, you know, Susan and, and, uh, you know, Mike. And I mean, just everybody that, everybody that comes in has, has grown into family and stuff. And then, you know, the powerlifting world, you know, the, the Millers, all of them, you know, Mark, Dusty, Matt, Chris, you know, and all their wives. I mean, Shana and Kelly and Angie, you know, they're all just tremendous people. I mean, with big hearts that they would do anything. And, you know, when I was sick, they were the ones that were reaching out and stuff. And, you know, I mean, you just, you just don't forget that. And then the gym, we've been lucky with the gym because, um, you know, people come into town and they ask, you know, when they come to Nashville, you know, where to, where to go train at and stuff. And, you know, a lot, we've had a lot of big names come in to the gym, you know, and stuff and compete mm-hmm. uh, that I never thought, you know, would ever, uh, that would ever. You just ever... had uh, Ray Williams come in not too long ago, didn't you? Yes. Ray, Ray and, Ray and, you know, his now wife as of this weekend, Jasmine, you know. Congratulations. Yes, to no doubt. Sure. They, uh, they are just tremendous, tremendous people. I mean, like really just real good um humans you know i mean it's the best way to put it i mean ray come in and you know me and ray started texting before before he came in you know he's he put it out on instagram he's gonna be in nashville he's looking for a gym and you know and, and they asked me and i and i listed you know the the places around town you know i mean because I, I mean don't get me wrong i want everybody to come to my gym but you know you know wade you know wade johnson with the ogre compound great gym a lot of great lifters have come out of there you know, I mean, it, you know, his wife, Missy, is tremendous. And, you know, Jen McMillan, you know, is one of the best ever, you know, has come out of there. And then you got Southside, you know, you've um, got a lot of great, great lifters and stuff that have been out there, too. And so it's been, um, we've been lucky that a lot of them just kind of popped into our place. And then when they did, I mean, Bonica Brown come in, you know, I mean, and, uh, she was actually funny. She started posting stories when she was there, and one of our guys actually left work to come up there to meet her. <laughs> it's like I just, I just want to meet you. I just, I just want to say hi. So yeah, um, and and that's and it's awesome that that we have a place that that people actually want to come train at, and that's that's that it says a lot for the sport. I mean, you know, like I said, Shane's Shane's been down a lot. You know, we've had a couple West Side guys come in. And, you know, I mean, just everybody who's in town, they usually come down and come down and get in a lift. I mean, that's that's really the meeting place. You know, when I when I brought Mary Kane up, she drove up from Columbus, Georgia. We're talking a six-hour drive yeah. just to come do Moss for two hours. <laughs> um, and it was really monumental in, in, you know, in her training and where she went with it because she identifies that, yes, yeah, she's great at what she does. She's a fantastic trainer. She's good at nutrition. She does everything the right way, but she has trainers. Yes. For everything that she does, she'll hire a trainer. And it's not because she makes a ton of money, because she knows what she wants. Yes. And she finds the best people to do that. And that's why she sought us out for Moss. And now she's the best in the world. Oh, there's no doubt she there's, is. There's not another woman out there in an absolute class. And she's, I think she's going to actually go for the under 85 kilo class. I don't think there's another woman out there that's going to beat her. She's mm-hmm. only lost one time, and that was in Worlds in Russia. Um, at Yakuk's, the coldest place on the planet. I think. <laughs> um, she only lost one time, and that was the girl that was first. And she comes back to the Arnold, 
and just destroys everybody. Yes. Like it wasn't even a contest. No, no. It was, I, I, I'm questionable if I could beat her or not. It'd be tough. Oh, I know I can't. You know, I, yeah, I, I just I give mean, her the stick. You know? Yeah, like, ah, yeah, that's not going to work. There you go. You but win. She's so explosive, so powerful. You know, I saw her two weeks ago down at uh, Georgia's Strongest Man. And, you know, I was talking to the promoter there. And I, I told this story on the last podcast, but I didn't talk to you. Mm. So, you know, Mary was coming down there. And I knew she was coming. And I talked to Scott, who's a promoter down there, state chair. And I was like, oh, you got Mary coming. Well, she's going to win. He's yeah. like, well, you don't know who else we got. I was like, it doesn't fucking yeah, matter. I don't care. I don't give a shit who you got coming. <laughs> Mary's going to win. And he's like, wow, man, we'll have to see. And then she went through and she dominated everything with the exception of the farmer's walk, which she lost by like, I think, five-tenths of a second Yeah. Um, because it was with a turn. So yeah. it was just taking the step the right way. It wasn't about strength. It was about how to walk with, you know, a couple hundred pounds in each hand. I saw her stones. Oh, yeah. Golly, yeah. that was quick. She has this wonderful routine after stones. Of running and jumping on me for some freaking reason. Because she has tacky all over and she knows I hate tacky. Everybody hates tacky. And she comes and just wraps up everything she can around me. And I'm so happy for her because usually it's when she knows that she's won. Yeah. She's probably won about three events in. But when she finishes stone, she always has a really good time and it's good. And she comes, she hugs me, and I was like, damn it. Why do you like the tacky on me? And she'll hug me first. She'll, yeah. oh. she'll stop doing stones and she'll look for me. Find out where I'm at. Her head's spinning. And then she finds me and I tried to outrun her once. It didn't work. Um, I kind of slid. <laughs> Man, I mean, you shouldn't even try that. I, I wanted to run away, but I yeah. couldn't get through the crowd. And it just, yeah, I just took it. I've always said, if you see me running, just, you know, try to keep up. Because, because I mean, it's, it's, man, it's bad. I'm out of bullets and there's a bomb going off. Yeah. I mean, you We're know. We're all going to die. Yeah, and, and one of these days, you know, I am going to die. But I guarantee you, they didn't find me in a ditch with a pair of running shoes on. Might be why my heart's so bad. <laughs> but, no. No, no, I, I think you've gotten uh, quite enough cardio beats in there with, with heavy weight. Yeah, uh, I used to tell people, hey, man, I do cardio every day. It's a long walk from the parking lot back to where the weights are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. And sometimes you got to walk like around stuff, turn sideways. Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But, you know, in this world, we're only gifted with a few people. And I think that you and I are beyond blessed in the amount of amazing people that we know. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, I, I, Ten years ago, I wouldn't have thought, oh man, I'm going to know all the greatest people in the world and all the strongest people in the world. And not because they have the titles and not because, you know, they have all these records. Because I know all them too. Yeah. But I know people like you, people like Shorty and Chad Clark that have the biggest hearts in the world. And even with yours at 28%, it's still... <laughs> A bigger heart than ninety percent of people I've ever met in my life. Well, that, um, thanks. So at full power, I can't even imagine. Um, but even at this state right now, I mean, you're you're just that great of a guy, man. Oh, and it's it's an honor that uh, somebody came and called you out for Moss. I'm so glad of that. <laughs> they said you was a bitch, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you showed up. And you know, this is this is what's happened. You know, this is what has formed a great friendship and a great relationship between you guys and for me. You know, I look at it as I'm the lucky one, and it's not it's not ever the other way around. Uh, I don't know about that now. I ain't met everybody, I ain't ever met anybody that didn't like you, brother. Oh, they're out there. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure I'm sure there's one or two. But, yeah, like my yeah. ex-wife or uh, my ex. No, or, she definitely hates you. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's a lot of them that fucking hate me. But you know, it's okay. I hate them. There you yeah, go. So <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> but I mean, it it just it really speaks 
the truth. And when we see, you know, the response to this, if it's great, cool. If it's not, I don't give a fuck because <laughs> this is my conversation with you. And that's that's what it's all about. Wow. You know, talking about you, talking about what you've done in your life. Um, these stories are what will keep us going. You know, nobody was born the strongest man in the world. No. They had to work for it. Guaranteed they did. So you've worked hard to be who you are today. And I appreciate that. Uh, well, thank you, brother. Uh, like I said, you, you've been a good friend for a long time. So I appreciate it tremendously. And, you know, I hope that these sports keep going and keep getting bigger. And um, I do kind of miss the I, – I, sometimes I do miss the, the, the cult version of powerlifting of you know of like you know people don't do it and the people that do are you know big crazy scary scary people because now you know but uh now with social media you got you know guys out there that uh you know competed you know one time and you know and now they're an online coach and yeah. you know a lot of those guys and, were uh, thought about competing yeah yeah I was, I was gonna do it i was getting ready for a meet and uh so now i can show you how to now i can show you how to do it i you know I watched West, West Side versus the World. I saw, I saw how things could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with that particular group up there with Louie, that's a, that's just a different. It's a different. Oh, a whole world. different breed. I mean, but just world class athletes that just, uh, you know. Is there another place in the world that's had more strong people come through it than West Side? No, no. I mean, that's really mecca. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, and they, and, you know, and they're all. You know, they have big egos and they have big uh, totals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but every single one of them that I've ever met have always been good to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's the God's honest truth. I mean, I've been very fortunate in this sport. You know, there are very few people that I've ever met that I will say is a just a complete and total dick. I mean, there are a few, but, you know, for for the most part, powerlifting has always been a very positive thing for me. And... uh and I'm just glad I've had a small part of it, you know. I mean, I'm nobody in the sport at all, but I've just loved every I second. I there was, that's a bunch of bullshit. No. That's the reason why you're here now. No, you are no, definitely no. somebody in this sport. No. I'm, just, I'm just somebody who loves to lift and loves to help other people get there. You know, I would – I remember competing and, and going against somebody – and walking off the platform and then stopping and turning around and cheering for them to beat me, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's and that's what it's about for me because I ain't there to, to win. I mean, trophies are cool. I got a whole sack full of them in the garage somewhere in a bag. Uh, I, I keep one trophy displayed at the gym, and it was Strong Jesus. <laughs> it's, it just – it literally looks like, you know – Jesus pulling up chains and you know and I just I always thought it was a funny trophy because it's ugly yeah. and you know and it was like this yeah it was like this is this is awesome this one's got to stay out yeah. but the rest of them you know I, I never did it I never did it for the for the trophies I did it because I love I love lifting weights and you know and being strong is cool and uh but the friendships that I've made from it and the the life that has transpired and the you know, it took a fat little nerdy kid and, you know, and turned him into, you know. It was redheaded with freckles. Let's yeah, redheaded with freckles. Yes, yes, redheaded with freckles. And, and, you know, it turned him into a pretty strong guy who, you know, didn't have, I'm not afraid to win anymore, you know. 
and that and that and that came from lifting. It's an important message to give back. Is that you've got to you're going to get back whatever you put in, and if you just show up to the gym every day and you just push some shit around, you're not going to get that that connection back. You're not going to get that energy return to you the way that you will if you go in there and you give everything you've got every single time. True. You know, training's not fun. Prep time sucks. Hmm. Um, every time I see somebody in prep, I'm like, okay, you're not anybody's friend this week. <laughs> uh, we're not going out for beers. Like, it's not no. going to happen. But once the meet is over, then it's all, it's then all back it's, to fun games. Yeah. Um, but people, you know, they get kind of lost in that, in the suck. They get stuck there. And then when it comes to the meet, they're not having any fun. Yeah. Because at that point, all your numbers should be set. Yeah, you should be. Ready you know to go. about what you're going to do when you show up. Yeah, and if you have a bad day, you know what? You, you pick it up and you come back next time. Yeah. you know uh, you but don't. How do you have a bad day surrounded by all those friends and family that are having a good time? You know, I've had people bomb out of meats before, and like we were sitting at a steakhouse, you know, 20 minutes later, and like the family and stuff, everybody's sitting around like afraid to speak because you know the guy just bombed. I'm like, what are y'all upset about? We missed a lift. You know, we'll be back in 12 weeks and do it again. Yep. You know, it's like, this is not the end of the world. You know, I mean, if if you don't, if you don't fail, sometimes you wasn't trying. That's right. I think you win more by failing than by just winning. Oh, yeah, it pisses me off. <laughs> and that's why against Devontae and Logan both, you are 1-0. And it will always be that way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you know, Devontae, he, he, you know, I got him the first one. And... um you know, I think he was, I don't think he was 100% ready for it. And then, but what, and then he beat me the second, the second, second match. I had a cramp in my stomach as soon as I grabbed the, grabbed the stick. And then I remembered that um, I would, after he beat me, I went and I was laying down trying to get the, trying to get the, the cramp to go away in my stomach. And one of the guys that I've known in the gym for 15 years, and then after, you know, we bought Just Be Fit, you know, he came up there and started training with us. This guy named Petey. And Petey's not a competitor or anything else. He's just, but he's always there every day. You know, I mean, he comes in, does his workout, does his thing. And Petey just, I remember him looking down at me when I was laying there stretched out trying to get that crap out. He looked down and he go, boy, you going to let that boy beat you in your gym? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, when you came back up there for that third match and you sat down and you looked through Devontae, he definitely felt that. His eyes got a big around his half dollars. He was like, oh shit, what did I do? What has just happened? And then he stood no chance. But you know what Basically, I love about it? Out. That is now his move. If you watch Devontae now walk up to the Moss board, he's stomping, looking at that dude. I mean, he's, my, he's like, bitch, give me the stick now. You don't even need to grab it. I done got you. And, you know, and that's uh, that's but awesome. It, it took that failure of him, you know, being handled by you to teach him that. <laughs> because I had told him that many times before. Like, hey, you need to get out of your head. You need to quit thinking about stuff. You just need to focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Don't worry about what the hell he's doing. Read his cues, yes. But you need to do you. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't clicking for him. It wasn't clicking. And it wasn't until he got beat by you. Then a week later, he comes back in, and he's like, okay, I'm focused. Yeah. I'm ready. He, he was wrecking people after that. And he didn't say it, <laughs> but you could just see it in the way he did it. Um, and that that's what the change was. So now as he continues to get stronger, he keeps training, um, he's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, just the only problem that's set up right now is the guy who's ahead of him on the USA team is just like him, 
but that weighs him by almost 100 pounds and mm. is eight inches taller. Yeah, well, that makes a difference. But they're shaped the same way. Um, so it's going to be really difficult for him to, to come up to that level. But, you know, his, his work ethic and his drive says he'll be yeah. able to do it. So I don't see why he can't. No. There's really no reason that he can't. And if even if he stays second, give a damn. That's He's the second in the world. world. I mean, you know, you, I mean, that that's nothing to sneeze at. No, no, no. And for him to just find Moss, because the reason we found Devontae is Logan came up to my gym, Bowman Green, and we were training. And, you know, as I'm coaching Logan, I can't necessarily coach from the other side of the board. Sure, of course. It doesn't always work that way. So I needed somebody comparable in size to Logan, which was hard because Logan was like 320 at the time. I, like, I need a big kid. And I looked around my gym and I saw Devontae. I said, you, come here. I said, uh, what's up? I was like, I need you to sit over here and just be the tackling dummy for training for him so I can work on this. And he sat down across from Logan and got his ass beat so many times. Probably 30 matches in a row. Just lost. Yeah. Just kept losing. And this was over a period of a couple of weeks. And then he started like getting excited about it. He started to want to. And then he finally got to the point where he could almost beat Logan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't like this shit. This is not good. I, I like dominating. I don't, I don't like almost losing. Yeah. And then we reached a point where he could beat Logan. And then it was during that time that that transition happened that he overtook the spot. Logan went off to do powerlifting to get his his other big total. Yeah, his other big total was yeah. squat. Um, and then Devontae just kept going with Moss. Yeah. And then became second in the world the year after Logan had been second in the world. Yeah. So it was a it was a great transition to see. The two athletes can come out of this same area, these same gyms, out of, hey, man, I need you to be here for the tackling dummy. Yeah. By the way, we're going to make you one of the Yeah, we're going to make you one of the world. best in the world. Yeah. Just for fun. You know, well, just you know, strong, strong is Strong is strong. And strong is a, di- a lot different for um, different people. You know, Louie Louis always said, big ain't strong, strong is strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and um, but one thing that I've got to mention, because it just happened this past week, to me, what's strong? Um, I don't know. You know, I think everybody out there knows Mark Miller. You know, he's twenty-two oh four total at you know at I think two like like two sixty-eight body weight or two sixty-five body weight somewhere Which around is there. Insane. Yeah, just I mean, just stupid from, numbers. Really. You know, tore both quads at the same time. Were, were a, you there for that meeting? I was there. I was I was actually right behind the monolift. Um, his brother spotted him, and so you know, so I stepped back. I was actually rear spotting. At me, um, just just to help out, and um, he went down and he squatted. He tore both quad tendons off the bone. But this week, you know, a little bit less than I mean, ten months after surgery, he hit a two twenty five squat with a safety squat bar. That it's fucking is, awesome. That is strong. That is that is yeah. that is that's what true heart is, and that's to see him out there. You know, I, I follow social media more so Shana's than his because she posts more cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see them out, like they're hiking, yes. going through the woods, they're doing stuff. And a lot of people, they tear a quad. That's it. They're fucking, I'm out. Uh, I'm done. That's it for that's, life. You know, it's, it's all over. I'm going to limp around and baby this forever. They get a handicap sticker and it's all over. Yeah. But Mark doesn't do that. No. He no. doesn't He doesn't make excuses. Mm-mm. Remember when we first took a moss board out there, um, he tore a lat that day. Yeah. And you could see it was bothering him, but he never made, he never bitched about it. No, he, he didn't never grow. complained. And then I saw the pictures afterwards, and his whole side went black. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's going to be rough. Yeah. So we're out there at, you know, Four Brothers Gym, which when we, when we drove out there, 
he told me it was like that's oh, kind of an out of the way place it'd be hard to find and we drive up and I get to this place after GPS got me lost seven times <laughs> and I was like where are the banjos at they should be playing <laughs> I thought I was going up to a place in deliverance yeah. um, but we get to this little this little shed out in the middle of nowhere and I walk in and it's <laughs> and some of the strongest people on the some planet. Some of the baddest men the planet have ever, ever trained out there. Yeah, and you know we had Josh was there. Um, Josh Morris, yeah. Josh Moore, I mean, prolific powerlifter. Tremendous. Just, I mean, everybody knows who Josh Moore. And if you don't know who Josh Morris is, and you don't care about powerlifting, no, just check out his selfies. Yeah, yeah he's he's, he's officially bear bait. I mean, you know. Oh, he is the bear. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Everybody models themselves after him. Yes, and you know to hear him talk so much shit to you. Just kind of blew my mind when we were there. I thought it was hilarious. Well, we go up there and we bring him aboard, um, which you bought for him, uh, which is a pretty amazing fucking board, I got to say. And I hear it's catching dust now. So we might, yeah, yeah, we, we might have make a trip up there. It is. Um, but we, you know, set the board up and we opened their world up to Moss. And they were just kind of blown away by it. They're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. How is this a real thing? And just walking them through it. And really, the, the girls there. They're the ones that yeah. really enjoyed it. They were like, man, this is so much more fun because they're not overshadowed by those huge numbers. And the thing is, all of them have over a thousand pound totals. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kelly Miller's, you know, 12 something, uh, 12, 18, I think, or something like that. Is she not? Kelly Miller? Yeah. That's Matt's wife. I thought she was like almost 13. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I know she's over 1,200. Yeah, Miranda uh, just hit, she just got over 1,200. Miranda, Miranda, I can't remember if she had 12 or 11 something, but Miranda's freaking just one of the strong. Yeah. I mean, literally, the women that come out of there, Shayna, I mean, like top 10 all time. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, what she was doing at 97 pounds is freaking ridiculous. And then, you know, she Super only got stronger, she went up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all, they're all just so strong people. I mean, you know, Matt Miller, um, you know, as 1800 total. I mean, Dusty's got like, you know, 16, 1700. I mean, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And, um, you know, and Chris, Chris is, you know, Chris gonna hit two K. You know, at relentless this year. Uh, you know, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I just, I'm just happy to be a part of that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna carry his bags. I mean, that sucker ain't gonna do nothing. I mean, <laughs> he's gonna. That'll be nice. Yeah, 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 he's just, he's just gonna, he's just gonna walk in. I'm like, dude, don't worry, I got you. Yeah, because I mean, I, I see those guys at meets, and they're not the ones to go. Hey, you go get this, you go get that. They go get it themselves. Oh yeah, those four brothers work together so incredibly well. Um, they're they're a very well oiled machine. True. I remember you and I helping them after a beast meet, and they're like, "Get out of the way." Yeah, we like, got this. Y'all are in the way, and I'm like, "This is what we do." <laughs> I don't like watching the people load shit and me not helping. Um, and they ran us off, and I was like, "Well, all right." But next time, I still offered to help again. I was like, "Hey guys, you need something? I'll help." Um, but they they've just got a, a really well oiled machine out there, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, good people, good just good family. Absolutely. So as we as we draw this all up to a close, yes. Um, what final words do you have out there for you know the the seasoned lifter that might be struggling or the new lifter that you know doesn't know where they want to go with it? Uh, to the seasoned lifter, take the time to help the guy who's coming up, and to the guy who is coming up, be humble enough to listen to the guy who's trying to help you. You know, because um, if if you if you open yourself up to critique, these guys will help you, and the guys who know a little something teach it. You know, I mean, help just just 
spread this sport, make this sport better, make, uh, make it something you're proud to be a part of. And, you know, don't, don't shun people. I mean, just because they're not as strong as you, they're not, they're not, they're not bad people. They're not, they're not beneath you and they're not worse. And guess what? You badasses out there, there's some people better than you, you know? So, I mean, just, you know, um, don't ever lose your humility. I mean, you want to be cocky, be funny. But when it comes time to, when it, when it comes time to help somebody help them, I mean, and it, and I'm not trying to make myself sound like a, you know, uh, you know, some saint or anything else. I've been an ass a lot of times, but you know, when it comes down to this sport, I always want to try to help to make somebody better. And cause you know, like I said, somebody helped me that didn't have to. Absolutely. So if people are out there and they, they want to find Bull, uh, where are they going to go? Where are you at on social media, website? You know, We do it all. Um, you know, we got Bullstrong on Instagram and Facebook. And it's just at Bullstrong Apparel. And then, um, you know, our website is just bull-strong.com. And, you know, just remember when you give, when you buy a shirt, there you helping another lifter. Right. It's not going to some fat bank account for some t shirt no. maker. It's no it's going to no. actual lifters. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not getting rich off uh off yeah. Bull Strong, I can promise you that. We're just keeping you alive. Yes, no doubt. Sure he doesn't kill you. Yeah, <laughs> we're allowing ourselves to be able to do more for other people. That's that's really what it, what matters, man. Well I wanna thank you for sitting down with me today, um, here in your, your lovely home in White House. Oh, um, I really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. We'll see how oh. the feedback goes. Uh, to sure the three people that listen, I'm sorry. Had first episode already, we had 35. Fantastic, so, I mean, fantastic. That's good considering I've not delivered it to anyone. It just kind of got found. So, but I really want to thank you for being here uh, and making sure that that happens. And we'll uh, see you on the flip side. All right. Thanks, Dave.